Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great 4Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out 4RideRadio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Touchdown, New Orleans. Ballpark Bros. We're back with another show. That's Tom. I'm Mike. And, oh, David's not here. What do we do? What do we do? We introduce somebody else. Oh. Quick. 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 Oh, <laughs> Eric, you're up. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Let me grab this mic here that just happens to be directly in front of my mouth. Fantastic. And, uh, that's convenient. It's convenient. That is. It's, like, it's almost like we planned it. <laughs> um, David is out sick today, so we're going to have our producer, Eric, fill in and talk a little bit about sports. I mean, he, he knows some stuff. He's he's passed by a television of sports has been on before. I, I understand that it's a competition of it sorts. Is. Um, yes. Uh, in most cases, you're trying to see who can inflict the most pain on the other team or person. Oh, if I knew that, I would have been more into sports a long time ago. Uh, and actually, uh, what you want to do is try to give the other team as many concussions as possible. Oh, so we're specifically in a uh, concussion competition. Yes. Yeah. Concussion competition, that sounds fun. Right now... Um, Who's winning the concussion competition? Me. And, me. Well, no, the, co- the competition is to give the most concussions, so right now it's me and David. Uh, I think it should be the other way around. Tom is actually losing being on the receiving end. I'm the big winner in all of this. Speaking of winners, uh, winter meetings for baseball wrapped up last week. Uh, we're going to talk winners and losers. Um, Tom, who you got as, uh, as some winners from the winter meetings? Um, well... I, the Yankees, they they managed to make a deal. Uh, they did. They made a couple deals, actually. Um, the big one uh, that I assume you're referring to uh, being signing a Roldis Chapman yeah. uh, to more money than I could possibly imagine. Well, I can imagine quite a lot of money, personally. How much money is more money than you can imagine? Well, $86 million. I mean, I, like, I can't visualize. Over how many years? Over five yeah, that's a lot of money. That is, <laughs> that's that's a significant for, amount for of money for a guy who pitches one inning a game. Yes, it's, and not every game. Yeah, it's the biggest contract uh, a reliever has ever gotten. That's um, that's a significant amount of money for essentially a part-time job. Yeah, and he he is the best reliever in the league. Yeah, with his. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not a lot of people can hit a hundred and ten mile per hour fastball. That's true, but what does it tell you that the Cubs were okay letting him walk? Uh, that they didn't want to pay him $86 million? Yeah. He's I think not, that's probably what it comes yes, down to. He's not worth the money. Um, they you know, they they made a decision that an inning every three days is not worth $86 million over five years. Um, the other move the Yankees made, uh, they acquired, or they signed uh, 
outfielder Matt Holiday to a one-year contract, good chance he plays some DH for them um, and not in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these teams were just looking for a, a really good DH. Yeah. You uh, saw um, David Ortiz mulled over making a return <laughs> I don't, after he saw some of the contracts these guys were getting. Well, I don't think he really did. But actually, what I think what he was more thinking about was the moves that Boston made. Um, they are my ultimate winner as far as this goes. They they acquired Chris Sale from the White Sox for Michael Kopech, Victor Diaz, Yon Mankata, and Luis Alexander, which seems like quite a bit given that uh, two of those guys – uh, Moncada and Kopik are uh, top five prospects in their organization, but for a guy like Chris Sale, I don't think it's that much. Uh, he is going to have to have a better year than he did this year. Yeah, um, he uh, he's, he wasn't the only Sale wasn't the only addition for them. Uh, they also picked up right-handed pitcher Tyler Thornburg from the Brewers for a couple of minor leaguers, uh, and they signed first base slash DH Mitch Moreland to a one-year deal. Uh, so they they are my ultimate winners as far as this goes. Um, yeah, I mean the the Nats came out okay as well. Yes, uh, as did the Giants in signing Mark Melanson, who is I mean he was being talked about. You know everybody wanted him. the The Nats were close to signing him, but uh, you know obviously that didn't work out. Yeah. Um, the uh, well the Nationals as you mentioned uh, they they picked up Adam Eaton. Um, from the White Sox for Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning. Um, I kind of like that return for the White Sox. I like the return they got from uh, Boston. I think the White Sox can be considered winners in about three years. Yeah, <laughs> that, that mean, we'll look back at this and realize that they were the winners of this uh, of this off season. They, uh, I, I, I would not be surprised to, to uh, see them ranked as the top farm system in in the majors after yeah. this offseason did my diamondbacks make any moves they did uh they any signed good ones? <laughs> <laughs> they signed catcher jeff mathis to a two-year deal worth four million he's gonna be their backup so uh-huh. not a not a huge move i think that's really the only thing that they they had pulled off i wouldn't call them winners or losers Wait, in this because nobody expected them to make a big deal some guy is getting paid two million dollars to not play well, I mean, to, to play, maybe or, play, to, yeah, to play. The, it's not to not play. He'll play He's in more. Maybe he'll play, play in more games than a role as Chapman will. Oh, so damn. Will he be responsible for more wins or saves though? Oh no, probably not. His war is going to be terrible. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be mad as heck that uh, you know he got so little compared to what a role as Chapman makes. Um, losers. Uh, I know you said off air you're pirates. Yeah, they made some tiny moves that are really insignificant. They were losers for an off the field thing that happened during the winter meetings. Yes, uh, Jung Ho Gang got arrested for a DUI and then he tried to flee the scene. Jeez, oh, it was his third DUI since 2009. So this guy obviously has a little bit of a problem. How much does he make a year? Uh, well, he's <laughs> way more than we do. I, I'm just curious. Is it enough to I don't know? Call an Uber. Well, maybe a, maybe a real taxi. Maybe even a freaking limo. Considering I make enough to call an Uber, <laughs> yes. Oh, but you don't live in Korea, Tom. <clears throat> Are Korean I'm pretty Ubers sure they pretty sure they have more Korea in Korea, unless Korean he's in North Ubers, Korea. Korean Ubers are known to be a million dollars for oh, every quarter of a mile. I think that's a million Korean money units, which is about four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, I don't know what they use in Korea. I have no it's idea. It's like a, a no. That's I'm, I'm thinking. It's not the Yoon. I was thinking the bot, but I think that's uh, the Philippines. This is when we need David. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This is actually when we need David. David knows it, this kind of thing. It might just be Korean dollars. Korean dollars. I'm I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna find out. Here we go. Here we go. I don't think it's what the. What uh, is the unit of currency in Korea? Currency Bros. One. The one. The one. <clears throat> All right, that's confusing. Oh, <laughs> you won one one. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> oh man. Oh, um, t- uh, another reason the pirates were losers. There was talk about them getting a pretty big haul for Andrew McCutcheon, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, some people think that makes them losers because they wanted to unload him. I think that actually makes them winners. I think they're better off keeping McCutcheon and building around uh, McCutcheon and Polanco. And I would have said Gong, but not anymore. Well, he's still a good baseball player. Uh, but he won't be on the field this year. Uh, he'll be suspended for, I would say, 20 games. That seems light. Given that it was uh, uh, in the off season, and But it was his third offense. Uh, right. I think it should be way more. Uh, we, we think it should be more. I know. But these are professional athletes, so they're going to... You know, there's there's a curve. There's actually a chart depending on how good they are. It, the amount of time that they have to be suspended for any uh, thing that they do yeah. is is oh, way less. If the, well, if, that's why was, if the guy sucked, he you know would be like, hey, throw the book at him. Why not suspend him a season? If this was a guy like Sean Rodriguez. He's he's uh, gone. He's he's not even on. Well, the I know. Anymore. I mean, you see it in the NFL all the time where you know. Player player number fifty on the roster gets cut for a DUI, whereas player number two on the roster, uh, you know, gets a sternly worded email yeah, to not do it again. Essentially, um, so Kenley Jansen hasn't signed anywhere yet, um, so there is a chance he could return to the Dodgers. But I think the Dodgers are losers as well. Uh, they yeah, were they able not do a whole lot. They were able to re-sign Rich Hill to a three-year, forty-eight million dollar deal, which I think is pretty good. I think he would have commanded more had he gone somewhere else. But they did not sign. They did not re-sign Jansen, and um, they didn't make a move for another starting pitcher because they're still they're still hurting from uh, from losing Granky last you know last off season. Yeah, and they didn't find anyone to take Yasiel Puig. So. I really feel like they are losers as far as all of this goes. Um, uh, well, I I think they're they're banking on Puig having a, a bounce back year of sorts, and they can trade him for value. Uh, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. We'll see about that. Um, I don't. That is probably what they're doing. I don't think it's going to work out for them. Um, well, I mean, it's they can't get much less than they'll get now. Right. For him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I suppose you're right. <laughs> uh, my final loser is the Kansas City Royals. Uh, they traded away Wade Davis to the Cubs, and all they got back was Jorge Soler. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I like Jorge Soler. However, he's never been able to put it all together at the big league level. Yeah, uh, he's not something. He, he's not someone that that I think would be good enough compensation. Yeah, it's in that in that trade. They should have gotten him and a prospect. You know, a yeah, lower level prospect should not have been a one for one deal. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's that's my last loser. Um, I, we got to see what happens with the Blue Jays guys, uh, Encarnacion and Bautista, to see if I wind up listing the Blue Jays as losers. Yeah, um, um, I, I don't think Encarnacion is going to sign with the with the Blue Jays. No, That's just my take on it. Actually, there's talk of him going to the Cardinals, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But I would prefer he didn't. Well, they just moved Matt Carpenter over to first. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Carpenter over to first, and that's all Encarnacion can do, and he doesn't do it very well. So they would yeah. move Carpenter back 
across the infield, and that would displace whoever they moved into third over there, which was it Peralta or I'm not sure. Colton Wong? I don't know. They're they're kind of a mess on the infield right now. Um, if you know, with the reshuffling and everything, um, they didn't really do too much other than uh, signing Dexter Fowler, which I think was a genius move by them. The Cubs could afford to let him go with some of these young guys coming up and Kyle Schwarber coming back. So I'm not too worried about losing Fowler, but uh, it's a definite upgrade for St. Louis. Absolutely. It's, it's, I, again, it's, it's, it's a thing where they're a team that can afford to throw money around on, uh, you know, on just pretty much anyone. Yeah. And those kind of teams kind of irk me a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, as you root for one that can't, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is nice that the Cubs are willing to spend now. I, I do appreciate that. Getting Lester a couple years back and bringing in Hayward last year. And it's the thing that the Cubs owners are rich enough to be able to spend. Yeah. Yeah. The Pirates, the Mariners, uh, and teams like that, cannot, the, their owners cannot afford to throw out, you know, $200, 300000000 million contract. Yeah. Well, they'll get there one day. You do realize they play in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. It's not a city known for its wealth. Hey, come on. If, uh, the Penguins and Steelers can be so successful, the, pan- the the Pirates can get back one day. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so over uh, over in the NFL, we had a bunch of crap games this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'll go all the way back to uh, the marquee matchup of the week. Uh, well, one of the two marquee matchups of the week. Thursday Night Football actually got a really good game. Like, uh, you thought it was a good game going into it, and you wound up getting a good game out of it. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Oakland Raiders 21-13 to to take control of the AFC West. Um, Essentially the, handing the Patriots the the, uh, the first seed. Nah. We'll see. Um, the, uh, the Chiefs were led by... Alex Smith, who went 17 of 26 for 264 yards and a touchdown. Um, and they got uh, more great special teams play uh, with uh, Tyree Kill returning a punt 78 yards for a touchdown. Um, he's he's turned out to be quite the uh, quite the player. I think he is probably a special teams player of the year at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, has any other team had uh, a player return two kicks for a touchdown? Uh you know, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head, but you know. I mean, they they uh, punts returned for touchdowns and kicks returned for touchdowns are becoming more and more rare. Yeah. These days, where you have, you know, they have these players that they're really fast and really agile, and every team wants to turn that player into a wide receiver nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's really not just the just the touchdowns. I mean, he averaged sixteen point five on returns. So right. and yeah, that was off top of the seventy eight yarder. But you know, that's still quite a you know quite a big number for punt returns. Um, but uh, like I said, it gives Kansas City control of the West and uh, drops Oakland into competition for a wild card right now. Um, competition that's getting stiffer by the week. Yeah, we'll get into standings a little bit uh, later. Um, and uh, Sunday games. Couple of couple of stinkers. I'm just gonna gloss over pretty quickly. Uh, the Bengals beat the Browns 23 to 10. I picked the Browns. I thought this was the week they finally. Well, if they were if they were going to win a game this year, this was the week to do it. Now it looks like they're headed for 0 and 16 with uh, the rest of their schedule being against San Diego, who is not terrible and can definitely beat Cleveland and a game against Pittsburgh. They go to Buffalo and next week, and they have the sniff of a chance there i don't think that they do um i know buffalo got beat by pittsburgh yesterday uh which is the next game we will talk we will talk about here um but they weren't completely out of it they picked off ben roethlisberger three times right um, but if, if isaiah kroll can have 
Isaiah Crowell is not Le'Veon Bell. If he can have half the game that Le'Veon Bell did, they stand a chance. Yeah. Especially if their defense can get to Tyrod Taylor. I don't think so. I really don't think so. Um, so that game, the Steelers won 27-20. to 20. Um, It wasn't that close as Buffalo scored a meaningless touchdown late. Uh, I, guess, I mean, not meaningless. It pulled them within seven, but you knew they weren't going to make the comeback. Um, as I said, Roethlisberger had three interceptions. He had a pretty sorry day. Fortunately... <laughs> Le'Veon Bell had the most amazing day in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers yep. with 38 carries for 236 yards and three touchdowns and four catches for 62 yards. So, um, And after the game, uh, some of the Bills players were saying that Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in the league, which I guess you would want to say that after he just torched you for yeah, right? you know, nearly 300 yards. Oh, he yeah. outgained uh, the entire bills offense he is he is definitely one of the top backs in the league i won't say that he's the best um i actually uh i actually think it's demarco murray um i know everything that happened last year in philly but you know a lot of that has to do with chip kelly right um it is a there is a tight grouping at the top there though of the top running backs yeah it's, uh, it's murray bell elliott who you know bursting onto the scene as a rookie being one of the top backs in the nfl that's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, we'll t- yeah, we'll talk about his night in a little bit. Um, yeah, no, Bell definitely one of the top players in the NFL and at his position. Um, I said a couple other clunkers I wanted to gloss over pretty quickly. Uh, Minnesota beat Jacksonville twenty-five to sixteen. I know Minnesota's still in it to a win the division and b get a wild card, but I just right now I can't spend a lot of time talking about them because they're just not that impressive. They struggled against a really bad Jacksonville team. Um, Bradford wasn't terrible, but. Yeah, but they, they still do have the worst running game in the league. Yeah, and you can't be a one-dimensional team, you know, this late into the season and come playoff time. If they do make the playoffs, they're not going very far without a running game. Right. And I know Adrian Peterson says he wants to be back for the playoffs if they make it. Well, they won't. Right. Like I feel confident. Like they're they're the one team in that division. Yeah, it's well still alive in that division. Obviously, the Bears aren't going to make it, but. Out of the three, Green Bay, Detroit, and Minnesota, I feel confident saying Minnesota is not in the conversation, even though they even though they are actually up on the Packers right now. Uh, and we'll get into that when we talk about the standings. But um, they, they, those two teams still do have a matchup coming up, right? Yes, they do uh, in Green Bay. Um, Anybody tie this week? No, uh, goodness. We got close. We got close on a couple, um, and. So they uh, gloss over another one pretty quickly. Carolina beat San Diego 28-16, to and nobody noticed. Um, like, I don't think even the people there really... I forgot that I picked that game. ...really realized what was going on. Um, a game that I thought we could have gotten a tie, uh, the Dolphins beat the Cardinals 26-23. to um, The reason I thought we were going to get a tie out of this, it was just pouring towards the end of that game, and uh, the Cardinals were having problems moving the ball at that point. They they did score fourteen in the fourth, uh, but once once it start, started pouring the way it was, they started having a little bit more trouble moving the ball and almost turned it over a couple times on one drive. And then Miami lost their starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill to an injury. Um, it's not looking good with early reports saying it could be an ACL. So uh, it was twenty three twenty three pretty late, and I really thought it was going to go to overtime. And if it made it to overtime, I really thought we were going to get a tie. Which would have been the second of the year for the Cardinals. Yeah, um, effectively dousing any hope that they would have of making any playoffs. Well, that happened with the loss. So, 
Yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill was 15 to 20 for 195 yards and three touchdowns before the injury. Um, the three touchdowns are nice, but the yardage is not so nice. Yeah, well, in the crummy weather conditions, I mean, Carson Palmer only threw for 145 yards. So yeah, it, you you look at those crummy conditions, and and Miami also didn't really have much of a running game. They did not. Neither team really moved the ball very well. Um, you know, total total yards were three hundred for Arizona, three hundred fourteen for Miami. So neither team really did very much as far as that goes. Um, Matt Moore will now take over at quarterback for Miami. Uh, I gotta think this means they're done for. Yeah, um, it, we'll have to see next week if he can you know put it together for the rest of the season they may make the playoffs but again yeah without a, a true starting quarterback they're not going to go anywhere yeah uh, the team that his injury benefits the most uh the Denver Broncos lost to the Titans 13 to 10 yesterday um Trevor Simeon threw for 334 yards but only one touchdown um they did not have a running game they had 18 yards on the ground uh meanwhile the Titans got 92 out of DeMarco Murray and 42 out of Derrick Henry, plus another 38 out of their quarterback, Marcus Mariota. Mariota had a terrible day. Oh, yeah. Uh, 6 of 20 for 88 yards. Um, the uh, the win for Tennessee puts them just behind uh, Houston in the NFC South, and Denver drops to third AFC in South. AFC, sorry, AFC South. And Denver drops to third in the AFC West. Um Denver's more in the hunt for a wild card than Tennessee is. I think Tennessee's path to the playoffs is winning that division. Yeah, well, um, we've, we've felt that way since, you know, four games into the season. That, right. That the South's only playoff team would be the division winner. Yeah. Um, and Houston's in first in the South uh, thanks to a 22-17 to win over the Colts. Um, Their division record is uh, they're 4-0 in the division. Yes, that is really the only reason they're leading that division. Um, they've been terrible outside of it. Uh, Osweiler still hasn't put it together. 14 to 24 for 147 yards and an interception. Just abysmal. And they spent so much money on him. So much money. Man, he really pulled the wool over. More there. money than you can imagine? It is. <laughs> to play you like have a very that? limited event, uh, imagination about money. Like, I thing. can imagine billions of dollars. I'm like, I yeah. can imagine that number, but like, like looking at it in front of me, like in stacks of bills, I don't know what that looks like. I've got a question for you guys. What year do you think we'll see the first billion-dollar sports contract? I don't. How think, far in the future do you think that is? I don't think we ever will, and I think it's because, uh, because the, the country will have imploded before that time. Well, not necessarily that. I think the I think the biggest issue will be uh, will be the fact that football is having a rough go of it with all the concussion stuff, and uh, there's a good chance that in our lifetimes we see the end of the NFL. Damn. All right. I'm trying to ask a happy question nope. about making a lot of money, and you're like, nope. Nope. Everybody's dying. However. <laughs> if it happens, it'll happen in baseball. Yes. Um, Bryce Harper, the— it, uh, it, It'll be Bryce Harper. Yeah, the outfielder for the <laughs> Nationals. This just in, folks. Is, Bryce Harper signed a $1 billion contract. <laughs> I mean, he's asking for— <laughs> He's asking for four, $400 million over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. You're not going to be that good. And like I'm for trying 10 years. again, like I said, more money than I can imagine. Like I'm trying to imagine that money stacked up on this table that we're sitting around. I don't think this table could handle that. And Wait, I how can't. Much, how much are we talking? Four hundred. Four hundred million. If it's it in hundred million dollar bills. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> well, they do make, uh, I believe, up to ten thousand dollar bills specifically for money transport. They're not negotiable like right. individually, but they do make them for money transport. So, in theory, you could have ten thousand dollar bills. Yes, I could. 
could imagine that's that. Still... It would still be a, a large stack, and I don't know if this table could handle that yeah. weight because this isn't the best table in the world. See, I'm thinking more. See, I'm thinking more in the terms of you open up a briefcase full of hundreds. That's what I'm thinking. No, that's no more than a million. That's not, that's, yeah, not most briefcases aren't going to hold. Right, yeah. and that's why. So, like, I'm like, how many, how many briefcases? That's, that's their weekly paycheck. Is yeah. a briefcase full of cash? It all. It's Friday. Where's my briefcase? <laughs> Just briefcases with players' names on them, just sitting in the payroll department. <laughs> they're in their locker room when they come in. They're just they're just in the locker. Um, I really wish that's how they got paid. I wish that's how I got paid. <laughs> Although it would be a very tiny. It wouldn't even be a briefcase. It'd be one of those. It'd be, it'd be one of those uh, briefcase shaped uh, business card holders. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I used to think, have one of those. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I was thinking more like uh, you know the little tiny clutches that women carry. Sometimes it would just be like one of those. That no, that's not. Like that's it. So the real takeaway from this, it has to be to carry a clutch. I do, okay. I really do. <laughs> yep. Maybe a nice. Uh, We've gotten down to the heart of the matter now. Maybe There's a nice a couple of them upstairs. Maybe a nice blue one to bring out my eyes. I think that would be really nice. Just avoid but, orange because of the hair. Yeah, I would say, I'll um, tell you what. That as is, long as you stay with blues and greens, I think you should be okay. That is the most difficult thing. So my wife and I root for each other's teams, and uh, it's really difficult. Her being a Broncos fan since they changed their primary color from blue to orange. It's really difficult for me to go out and root with her wearing uh, wearing Broncos gear. Like the Peyton Manning jersey that I have is orange. I always have to wear a hat when I wear it. All right, honesty time. The only reason you're not a Browns fan is because you're red hair. No, God, no. <laughs> the only reason I'm not a Browns fan is I have because class. Oh, insulting Browns fans. Are, no, I don't. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What's our local market here? Yeah. Oh. Detroit. <laughs> yes. I, I still feel like I'm in Arizona, so I'm like, yeah, I can make friends of the Browns all, the, all I want. It doesn't matter. Nope. Can't do it. Do you really? Gosh, still, I love them Browns. Do you really still feel and like those you're in other Arizona Ohio teams with, with the seven inches of snow out there? Well, I haven't uh, gone outside yet today, so. Oh man, you're <laughs> in. That's not true. I, I let the dogs out, so. so you're in for a rude awakening, my yeah. friend. We step outside. Yeah, I have to. Have to dig out two tracks behind the card so I can uh, drive to work today. Eh, no, you don't. I haven't looked to see if it's if it's bad. Although, no, I take that back. You might. Your car rides a lot lower than mine does. Well, I did. I shoveled like three or four times, so it should be okay. Yeah, all that snow you all saw in the Midwest uh, football games yesterday, we lived that. <laughs> so all that snow in the Browns game and. Uh, My normally 20-minute drive home last night from work took uh, nearly an hour just because the majority of the roads that I was driving on had not been plowed yet at all. Yeah, so the I was, majority of the roads have not been plowed yet. I Actually, it's good this going morning. Going about 20 yeah. at the best. It's it's good this morning. Uh, I was able to drive at normal speeds coming over here. Um, one, one place where the uh, weather did not affect the play was Detroit because there are a bunch of pansies who play in a dome. Uh, I don't think that it's the players, you know, picking to play in a dome pansies. or not. Pansies. An organization full of pansies. Okay. Dude, I What's ra- our other local market? I really... <laughs> I don't, I don't have the energy this morning to argue with you. I've railed against dome stadiums for years, and you know it. Uh, I feel the same way about uh, Minnesota, Atlanta. What do they need a dome for? It gets kind of hot down there. Oh, please. <laughs> Hurricanes? They can play in a hurricane if they have a dome. Um, I think New Orleans proved that that's not the case. That was a really bad hurricane. Though. I'm talking um, just like a regular run-of-the-mill hurricane. So in the safety of their dome, the Lions were able to beat the Bears 20-17. to 17. Um, So um, in, in your scenario, though, were the Bears playing in a dome? Yeah. 
So they were a bunch of pansies this game as well, and they still lost. No, they didn't choose to be playing in a dome. So, so it was here's forced the thing, though, upon the Bears them. normally play in the snow. Yeah. So they should have been so much better being in a dome, and they still lost. No, because so they had used, an advantage. No, because they're, they're used to playing outside. See, but then they should be better inside. Because they're used to that having the adverse translate. conditions, no, that so they're, doesn't. They're even better. But Detroit is but Detroit is even better at playing with nothing standing between them and victory over the last how many games? Five now. Yep. And the Bears do not stand between anyone and victory these days. Wow. Oh, uh, Matt Stafford had kind Perhaps of themselves. Yes. Uh, Matt Stafford had kind of a meh game, uh, 223 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. One of them was a pick six. Uh, however, towards the end of the game, um, he scored the game-winning touchdown by just overpowering so many Bears on his on his way to Bears. I just went through puberty right when I said Bears. 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 The Berenstein um, Bears? Um, powered through so many Bears on his way for a seven-yard touchdown run uh, with about three minutes left. Chicago had a chance to drive in and and at least tie it, but they held on consecutive plays that moved them all the way back to their own 25. So so the Bears really just couldn't get out of their own way. Yep. Uh, They did get to a 4th and 11, and I thought they could have called pass interference on the Lions on the play. I thought the defender got there a little bit early, but I am completely okay with the no call. It didn't bother me that they didn't call it, Um other than the fact that the Lions stayed two games up on the Packers. Uh, but uh, no, pretty pretty good fight in the Lions towards the end there. Another fourth quarter comeback. So every single win except last week's against the Saints has been a fourth quarter comeback. Um, they, uh, well, we'll talk about their chances, uh, I guess, after we talk about the Packers game because that's the real threat to them right now, I think. Um, the last 1 o'clock game, the Redskins beat the Eagles 27-22. to um, Washington scored the game-winning touchdown with a minute 53 left. Uh, Thompson had a run to the left for 25 yards, um, and they uh, missed the two-point conversion on that. Tell you, this was a, a really good game. Uh, I didn't catch any of the of the live action, but the highlights were you know quite enough to hold me over. Um, both quarterbacks had had pretty good games. Kirk Cousins only 14 of 21, but he had 234 yards and two touchdowns. And then Carson Wentz had 314 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, well, part of uh, Cousins' numbers being down, and they didn't really have a lot of rushing either. Time of possession: Philly 36-38, Washington 23-22. Yeah, that'll that'll keep your numbers uh, a bit down. But Washington did have a couple of pretty big plays that you know you know doesn't won't won't wind up taking that much time. They had the 80-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. Right. And another uh, and he, fairly long pass to Garcon at one point. But Deshaun Jackson did try and make that uh, possession last a little longer by walking into the end zone. I hate him. Yeah. I really do. I mean, it's just, look, you know you're going to score. We know you're going to score. Just get it over with. Yeah. If you're 20 yards ahead of the guy, just get into the end zone and then celebrate. Yeah, I, I cannot stand him. I really can't. Uh, he's dropped the ball going into the end zone two or three times in his career. You'd think he'd want to get in as fast as he can, holding the ball as tight as he can. Yeah. But um, both of these teams are chasing the Giants and Cowboys right now um, and are behind the Bucks for the sixth seed um, in the uh, in the wild card race. So uh, Philly is pretty well out of it at this point with this loss. Uh, Washington needs a little bit of help to make it in. Um, so we'll – Talk about that a little bit more when we get into the standings. The uh, San Francisco 49ers. 
Yes. Were leading by 14 at halftime. Yes, they were. And then they lost by six. Yep. In overtime. Uh huh. Not not surprising. Jets. No one is surprised. Jets 23, 49ers 17. I mean, I guess we're surprised that it was the Jets that did uh, it, but. Bilal Powell, 29 yards, 145 yards, tw- 29 attempts, 145 yards. I'll figure this out at some point, guys. Two touchdowns, uh, including the overtime winner. Both teams are terrible. Moving on. I told David that I wanted to say this score on the air, and no offense to him uh, because his team was the losing team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the New Orleans Saints 16-11. to Eric, how do you get 11 points in the NFL? <laughs> You can get any score other than one, can't you? Yes, but how do you specifically get to 11? Well, you, you, first you score six, and then you score five by scoring three and then two. Well, That's one way. So the way that they did it... You were close? They scored three, and then they scored two, and then they scored three, and then they scored three. And then, uh, okay, that was, that was the other three, 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 and two. We'll yeah. do it as well. It's that two that doesn't happen very often. Right. It's, but it yeah, does. The safety or the two-point conversion somewhere in there. Yeah. They uh, they got the they got the safety. I think we'll see it more often since teams seem to be going for that two-point conversion more now. Well, just the Steelers. Once they figure out how ah, to actually ah, do no. it. We haven't been. I know. I think well, they learned their lesson after the Dallas game. Well, but we learned our lesson after Boswell missed the, the extra point, and then we went for two. And then you learned another lesson. Yeah. Basically... Uh, Touchdowns are only guaranteed to be six points now. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't count on it being seven anymore. Oh, God, I forgot about Mike Nugent again, guys. I think a What's lot of Cincinnati fans want to forget about Mike Nugent, too. Missed a field goal and an extra, or no, missed two field goals. He missed two things. He missed two kicks. <laughs> he missed two of the things. He missed two kicks because he's, you know, Mike, Bad at his job. Mike Nugent. Um, yes, he missed a field goal and an extra point. Um, but anyway, so... Back to the game where they didn't miss any. Actually, I don't know if they didn't miss any. Uh, back to back to the Bucks game. Uh, as I said, the Bucks are in the sixth seed right now. Uh, things are looking pretty good for them at this point. Uh, they just need to keep taking care of business. And uh, they've got the remaining games at Dallas, uh, at New Orleans, and against Carolina. So I, two and one is not uh, not an unreasonable expectation. Uh, three and zero oh is a distinct possibility. Uh, the way Dallas has played over the last two weeks, uh, I, I do believe that a team like Tampa can go in and beat them. Um, maybe. It, it, again, it depends on the, the Tampa team that you get. If you get the early season Tampa team, I don't know that they can, but if you get the team that they're, they've been over the past four or five weeks, then yes. Yes, they can win that game. Over the last five. That, five. Yes, they're 5-0. and oh. And it's a distinct possibility, but I would not bet on uh, Dallas taking this loss lightly and, and kind of lollygagging this week. They're going to hit the practice field hard and and try to figure out what happened here. Yeah. Um, for New Orleans, Drew Brees held without a touchdown pass again. Two games in a row now, uh, three interceptions for him. He just did not have it yeah. together today. He overthrew Brandon Cooks uh, in the end zone, which honestly was not completely Drew's fault. Brandon Cooks made no effort to go up and get the ball. Yeah. He, did, he did not even put his hands up. Yeah, just, I don't know, rough day, not a lot of effort out of the Saint, out of the Saints offense. Um, the Bucks defense has been tremendous lately, though. Um, you know, over, over those five wins um, – They've held the Bears to 10 points, the Chiefs to 17, the Seahawks to 5, 
uh, the Chargers got 21 against them, and they held New Orleans to 11. So very good defense over the last uh, five games after giving up 30 to Oakland and 43 to Atlanta in back-to-back games. So, uh, you know, they're, they're doing this on the strength of their defense. Uh, you know, their point totals 36, but that was against the Bears, 19, 14, 28, and 16. So they haven't been blowing teams out, but they've been getting those tough uh, hard fought wins. So yeah, and it's it's they they've scored big a couple of times, but they've also been held off the score sheet quite a bit. Yeah, um, I I expect them to be tough against Dallas. Uh, I'm looking forward to that game. That'll be the Sunday night football game. Dallas gets two in a row, which is ad you know kind of a kind of a asinine decision on the part of NBC. However, uh, they're good, so I guess I can't really complain too much. Yeah, they. I mean. They're they're flexing the games around and 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 this time it makes sense. Yeah, finally. Finally, it makes sense. Oh, so uh, the Falcons beat the Rams forty-two to fourteen yesterday. Um, I don't have a lot more to say other than that. Well, how did the uh, Todd Gurley came out after the game and ripped the Rams offense, comparing it to a middle school football offense? Well, he's not wrong. No. Um, I, we can see why Jeff Fisher uh, held out on putting Jared Goff in. <laughs> I think it's obvious we now. We can definitely see why Jeff Fisher got that extension, though. I oh, mean, well. man, he's just doing a tremendous job there. Yeah. Uh. Um, Goff, 24 of 41, 235 yards and two interceptions. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about the Rams. Uh, the Falcons, kind of a return to form for them to that team that was scoring so much at the beginning of the year. Um, they, uh, they've alternated wins and losses in their last five. Um, and they've got San Francisco at Carolina and New Orleans. Uh, they should go undefeated to close out the year. Um, yeah, but I mean, if, if they continue alternating wins and losses, they're going to lose to San Francisco. How <laughs> embarrassing would that be? That would be terrible. No, um, they're, they're not going to lose. They're going to win that game yeah. handily. Uh, <sighs> With their hands? Rams, Rams, Rams. It's football, Tom. They don't win with their hands. Yeah, but it's, it sounds silly to say they're going to win the game footedly. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about a team that did win it footedly uh, when we talk about MLS soccer later. Um, yeah, so the last uh, 4 o'clock game yesterday was between the Seahawks and Packers. Uh, Russell Wilson, 22 of 39 for 240 yards and five touchdowns. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was 2012. I'm sorry. Remember in 2012, Russell Wilson interceptions were counted as touchdowns. Uh, No, sorry. Russell Wilson. No, that was only up to one per game. (laughs) Russell Wilson, 22 of 39, 240 yards, and five interceptions. Uh, The Packers won this game 38 to 10. Aaron Rodgers kind of limping around with the... with a lower leg injury, uh, still 18 of 23, 246 yards and three touchdowns. Apparently he uh, he hurt his leg uh, favoring his other leg. Yes, which can happen, believe me. Uh, not, uh, not a fun situation. Uh, the Packers opened the scoring with a 66-yard bomb to Devontae Adams. Uh, Seattle got a field goal, and Green Bay just poured it on from there. Uh, it was nothing, nothing but mistakes from the Seahawks. And uh, it, they a couple of their interceptions were lucky bounces, I guess, for the Packers. One of them, the ball went right through Doug Baldwin's hands, off his head, and into Demarius Randall's hands. Um, and another one bounced off the back of a defensive back and into Quentin Rollins' hands. 
but on both on both occasions, uh, Green Bay was playing pretty good defense at the time. Um, you know, if if Rollins doesn't intercept it, it's still incomplete. Um, and that's not a that's not a a thing that will happen to Doug Baldwin that often. Right. You know, more often than not, the ball is going to get into his hands and stay there. And it's just what did it happen to be snowy up there? No, not no. no the snow is pretty much done by that point. Oh. Uh, not a lot of precipitation at all in Green Bay during the game. Um, no, it just went right through his hands, bounced off his helmet, up into the air, and uh, Demarius Randall had actually fallen down on the play. Um, so he almost completely blew it but then lucked into an interception. Yeah, uh fell down and uh was able to make was able to make the play getting up and uh getting back and picking it off. He uh actually have had a very impressive interception at the end of the first half. Um Seattle was making their way down to uh try to close the gap. Uh it was 21 to 3 at that point. They were driving and they would have got the ball back to open up the second half. Uh Russell has I think it was Baldwin just wide open at the goal line. And Demarius Randall just comes flying into the picture out of nowhere and picks the ball off. Um, you would have thought he was a receiver running down. He caught it over the shoulder. It took him. It took him into the end zone, and he had to bring it back out to avoid the safety. Um, but just an amazing play by Randall. Two picks for him. Uh, picks for Burnett, Rollins, and Micah Hyde as well. Um, so they're finally. Uh... Getting healthy there. They are in the, in the back, um, still in the defensive. Back yeah, field. still no Sam Shields, and I think he's done for the. I think he's done for the year because I think Green Bay brought back another player off of IR. Um, so they uh, are still two games back in the North, and uh, they, I mean, if they keep pacing, you know, if if Detroit keeps winning, and I don't see why they're not going to. Well, I'll tell you why they're not going to when we get into the standings a little bit. Um, but if but, I mean. The Packers can keep pace. Yeah. Um, if if nothing else, they they'll keep pace and end up probably with the wild card. So the well, the two reasons that uh, the two reasons that Green Bay will likely make it a winner take all matchup uh, in Week 17 played last night. The Giants uh, beat the Cowboys 10 to seven. That's Detroit's two opponents in between now and Green Bay, both on the road. Um, so not the not Giants. A, I think is a winnable game for not, them. Oh, I think they're both winnable games, but they're neither one is an easy task. No. Um, Dak Prescott confused by the Giants' defense again. Uh, Seventeen of thirty-seven for one hundred sixty-five yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had twenty-four carries for one hundred seven yards. Uh, Eli Manning also did not have a very good game. Um, Seventeen of twenty-eight for one hundred ninety-three, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, Man, the Giants got some pretty good symmetry on their uh, on their running attack. Rashad Jennings, fifteen carries for forty five yards. Paul Perkins, fifteen carries, forty five yards. So pretty good symmetry with their uh, rushing attack. And now, well, they did, the, the, as a team, they did fumble the ball three times. Yes, uh, two of those were Eli. Yeah, one of them had just slipped out of his hand. The other one, he got hit. Um, yeah, it, it was an ugly game. I watched this last night when I was preparing for the show. It really was an ugly game. Dallas was up seven to nothing at halftime. Uh, New York got their ten points in the third, and that was it. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know what uh, what the Giants are doing that nobody else is doing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, like, I think these these last couple of games, the the Cowboys opponents need to go and and just study New York Giants film and figure it out and just do that. Or call up the Giants and say, hey. Hey, if you guys really want to catch Dallas, tell us how to beat them. 
It's 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 amazing that that they're the only team. Wouldn't that be some form of collusion though, or something? I'm pretty sure that would be bordering on the. Don't try to ruin my fun, Eric. Maybe not illegal, but Don't unethical, look. unsportsmanlike, to be sure. It's only collusion if they catch you. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. You can break all the rules you want yes. as long as it stays a secret. Exactly. See, that was the Patriots' problem. They got <laughs> caught spying on other teams and deflating footballs. See, everyone else gets away with it. So, um, yeah, it cost them a whole lot, didn't it? Yeah. Oh man, they're they're just hurting this year, aren't they? <laughs> um, so. Yeah. The uh, the win by New York keeps their hopes of winning the division alive. Um, again, Dallas just needs to win two more games to uh, put it away. Um, so running through the standings, uh, you got Dallas and New York. I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs, both of them. Yeah. Um, uh, in the North, like I said, Detroit is nine and four. Minnesota and Green Bay are seven and six. Detroit's remaining games are at Dallas, at New York, and at home against Green Bay. Um, Green Bay's remaining games are at Chicago, at home against Minnesota, and at Detroit. By the time they meet in Week 17, they very well could have the same record. Yes. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, obviously, you got to look at Green Bay as as they're definitely going to win those two games going into Week 17 because the teams they're playing are just well no good. Actually, if Green Bay pulls within a game of Detroit. So if if Green Bay wins the next two and Detroit loses one of two, it's still winner take all in week 17 because Green Bay has already beaten Detroit and um that would give them a tied record and give Green Bay uh an edge in division record as well. So Green Bay is going to want to win both of their games. Well, I think they always want to win their games. That's, I was, right, was going to say don't they always want to win all of their games? Not necessarily. At all times? Not. You get to the end of the season, you and, and you've got a big enough You might enough not lead. care whether or not you actually you're, win. You're 16 and 0. But you, you still want your to players. win. This just makes you don't me, want to not win. This just makes me think of when uh, Michael's trying to get with that woman who wants to buy the printer, and he's like, he's talking to Oscar, and he's like, but doesn't it sometimes make sense to lose money? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Michael. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you're 16 and 0... And your quarterback is, uh, you know, someone like say Peyton Manning. You decide you want to rest him, you know, before the playoffs to, you know, avoid getting him injured or something. You're making it, a conscious decision to lose that game. Yeah. No, not necessarily. No. You're not necessarily playing your best, but you're not going out there saying I'm throwing this game. The people who are playing, the people you do put out on the field, are still trying their best. Especially since they're trying to prove something. They're trying to prove I am as good as that other guy that they're arresting. They fully believed in Jim Sorgi. They thought Jim Sorgi would take them to an undefeated season. Who now? <laughs> I mean, most of these names you've been throwing around, like I don't really know them, but at least I've heard them before. He was a long. He was the long time backup to Peyton Manning when uh, Manning was in Indianapolis. Uh, if Manning didn't start a game because they were resting him down the stretch, or sometimes he would start play a series and they'd pull the starters. Jim Sorgi was the guy that went in. No one would ever know his name if not for the fact that he was the guy <laughs> that played in those games down the stretch for Indy. Because uh, you know there were two separate years where they were like thirteen and one, fourteen and zero. And they had locked up the first seed, so they started resting guys. And, uh, yeah, it was always Jim Sorgi that came in. He actually went on to back up Eli in New York uh, when, I think, one of the years that Eli won the Super Bowl. So just destined to be a Manning a, backup. Yeah. What a claim <laughs> that's, to fame. That's his job. I don't think he's ever backed up anyone else. <laughs> he, he's, he, his, uh, he's growing up, and his dad says to him, Now, son, 
You're destined for a very you special a very, job. You have a very important role in life. You are the Manning Backup. Nobody will ever know your name. He had a t-shirt. He had a onesie as a baby that said Manning Backup right on it. They knew. They knew right from the beginning. He'd be in his crib with a little headset and clipboard. <laughs> oh, Jim Sorgi, I'm sorry. Uh, we know you're listening. Yeah, friend of the show. So He's, he's calling in right now. Yeah. You know. <laughs> We could impersonate him. No one would know. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Jim Sorgi here. Let's assume that's what he sounds like. And no one can tell me different. Um, I'm sure Jim Sorgi could. But no one knows where he is. <laughs> um, probably either coaching a high school or college team or he has a used car dealership. He's living in Peyton Manning's basement. <laughs> like The basement I, of his house that he had oh when he was in, Indian, in Indianapolis. <laughs> No, so now I've created this entire scenario in my head. So whenever one of the kids poops their pants, uh, Peyton like goes and hides in a closet, and his wife winds up calling Jim to come change the diaper. <laughs> Peyton, it's your turn. Peyton, Peyton. All right, better call Jim. <laughs> or if uh, if uh, Manning's wife has tickets to the opera and he doesn't want to go, he phones up Jim. He's like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> I got a job for you, pal. Still got that tux? You're up." <laughs> Oh, man. Like, Peyton doesn't show up to any ribbon cuttings for any of the Papa John's locations. It's always Jim Sorgi. <laughs> People are like, that's funny. He looks a lot different in person. It's really weird. His forehead is much smaller. Oh, man. Wait, Tom, was Jim Sorgi at the Colts game that we were at? I don't I even think remember. I might have been. I don't remember. They I inter- could barely hear any of the names they announced. So They introduced you know. the entire team, and I don't remember if Jim Sorgi was there. Oh, man. Hey, but we're talking about him, so he did something right. Uh, so uh, we were talking about the NFC North, right? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, week 17, I don't want to say it's a lock that it's going to be a winner-take-all, but I would put money on it. And the way Green Bay's playing. Money? Uh, More than you can imagine? Well, no, I can't <laughs> imagine a number and then put money on it. I don't have the money if I can't imagine it. You know, I don't even have the money if I can't imagine it. That's true. Um, and if I, if I were Lions fans... If you were multiple Lions fans. I <laughs> would maybe tone it down a little bit on the attacks. Oh, no. Tone it up. Tone it up. Because you guys should not be that confident right Go now. Go on the offensive. I would say that Green Bay, Green Bay has the inside Green track. Man. I know. Dude, my voice is going, and it's driving me nuts. It is just killing me. So, guys, next week the show is just going to be me. Yeah, it's going to be just time. Uh, how, uh, see, again, this is ridiculous. I'm, <laughs> I'm done, guys. That's it. See you guys. I'm out of here. Drink, <laughs> drink an entire bottle of honey. I think you're right. We what, do have we do have honey. What and, wait? Uh, what did we say last week tea. for David? Put put honey in a bucket, then add whiskey, then just dunk your head in the bucket. Yeah, I actually have some honey flavored whiskey in the freezer. Well, <laughs> so there you go. Step steps one and two complete. I'm fairly certain that just our boss doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> so yeah, let's do this. <laughs> um. Man, all right. So NFC South, uh, Atlanta and Tampa are both eight and five. Um, New Orleans and Carolina are both five and eight. I mean, I suppose they could all wind up eight and eight. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if New Orleans and Carolina play each other. Let me take a look at that. Yeah, you do that. They do not. Ooh. This entire division can end well, up eight and eight. Do the Falcons and and Bucks play again? I don't think so. No, they do not. So this entire division could be eight and eight. I know what I'm rooting for now, guys. Yep, we figured it out. I know what I'm rooting for. Another um, dang tie. Yes. That's what you want uh, on a massive scale. So this sets up the wild card right now as New York and Tampa, 
with Washington a half game back because of their tie. Minnesota and Green Bay a full game back each. Um, Washington, obviously, unless there's a tie, cannot wind up tied with anybody at this point and will be up or down on anybody by half a game at the end of the season. So another tie to root for. Yes. I really don't think that anything's (laughs) going to change in the NFC besides maybe Green Bay getting up into that... uh, into that uh, number one spot in their division. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of all or nothing for Green Bay and Detroit. Like, I don't think either one is going to make the wild card at 10-6 and six, um, because I do believe that Tampa Bay and New York would hold tiebreakers over both of them. If, yeah, you, well. if you guys get online, ESPN and Yahoo both have uh, – I think ESPN calls theirs the playoff machine and Yahoo calls theirs the playoff generator. What you do is you go on and you pick the winner of each matchup in the remaining weeks – and it'll calculate everything and tell you, you know, who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to who's going to win tiebreakers and stuff like that. Um, I've been using this thing for, I don't know, six years now. It's really fun uh, to try to figure out all the scenarios. And like I said, I was rooting for the NFC South to go everybody eight and eight. Um, so I suppose I can figure out how that happens and what the tiebreaker is from that. So it seems like a fun time. Maybe I'll post uh, I'll post that scenario a little bit later today. It is a really great way to waste a lot of it time. It really is. It really is. Uh, but you Waste more time than you can imagine. But the thing is, it, it is useful for you know trying to figure out who you need to root for down the stretch because of different tiebreakers that you might not know about. So, like, you know, for Green Bay to make the wild card, like, I have to root against Tampa Bay and for Atlanta. Right. So, you know, that way, like, Green Bay's loss to Atlanta looks better and Tampa Bay winds up with a worse conference record. So um, that it's 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 useful for that. Otherwise, yes, it is a gigantic waste of time. But yeah, I was able to figure out I need to root against Tampa Bay the rest of the year for Tampa Bay and Washington for Green Bay to have a shot at the wild card. Um, so they're not anywhere near our market. So yeah, yeah, down with Tampa Bay. Screw those guys. Take that, Uncle Bill and Mikey. <laughs> oh dang it! <laughs> our our uncle we just can't disparage anyone. Yeah, can you? our uncle and cousin. Uh, they're both Buccaneers fans, so can't really uh, can't really talk too too badly about them, um, unless they're bad. In which case, they'll be talking badly about them too. That's true. Fair enough. Um, so over in the AFC, New England is pretty much wrapped up the uh, AFC East. I don't think Miami is going to make a furious comeback with Matt Moore at quarterback. No, and New England would have to lose the rest of their games. Yes, and Miami would have to win the rest of theirs. Um, Pittsburgh is half a game up on Baltimore right now by virtue of Baltimore having not played this week. Uh, Baltimore at New England tonight. I, you know, I did pick New England, but I'm not counting Baltimore out. They always play a tough game against New England. It's always close, and Baltimore has come out with the victory a few times in the past couple years. So don't count Baltimore out of this game. Um, but I really would like to. I know you would, but you can't. I won't let you. Um, Fine. A win by Baltimore puts them back in front of Pittsburgh, both 8-5, and five, Baltimore with a head-to-head win, and a loss drops them to 7-6, and six, a full game be- behind Pittsburgh. These teams play in Week 16, um, so that should, that should be a winner-take-all as well. Um, in the South, Houston is up on Tennessee by tiebreaker of the division with Indianapolis a game back. Um, I still think Tennessee is going to pull it off. Um, and out West... That's their only path yeah. to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I agree. They're not gonna. I mean, well, no, because you know you've got Miami and Denver both at eight and five. So, yeah. um, and the lo- and yeah, I mean the loser of the AFC North should be you know yeah the, the you know, pretty good too ten and six nine and seven um, out west Kansas City ten and three Oakland ten and three Denver eight and five uh, 
Denver right now controls the wild card by two games. So they're, I mean, they're pretty much a lock for the playoffs at this point. You mean Oakland? Oakland. Yes, Oakland. Oakland. Sorry. Oakland. Oakland in the driver's seat over Denver and Miami, who are both 8-5. and five. Uh, Pittsburgh could be in that conversation at the end of tonight. Uh, that would drop them. I believe they would be an eighth behind Denver and Miami um, because they lost to Miami. Yeah, they lost to Miami. Which uh, puts Miami over them, so yeah, they'd have to be an eighth. Yeah, so um, it's all going to shake out pretty soon. We're going to have a clearer picture uh, probably by the end of next week. I think we have a couple of teams that can clinch. So starting to take shape. Figure out who we're going to root for throughout the throughout the playoffs if our teams don't make it. Excitement, intrigue, sports. Yes, good work, I guess. Um, not a lot of excitement or intrigue over in basketball because it's not playoff time yet. Um, they. I, like I love basketball, but uh, it's so boring. Playoffs, Much like the games early. themselves, only the last two minutes actually matter. Yeah, yeah, like only the last two weeks of the season matter. Uh, I mean, I'll, I only watch basketball live. Like I will not watch basketball on TV unless yeah. it's literally the last two minutes of the game. It's just boring. Otherwise, yeah. live it's great. I love going to games. I went to several uh, Suns games with my father and had a great time. Now, was that back when they were good? Wait, so those would be father and sons games? Oh! Boom, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> good work, Tom. Um, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to the rest of the season. I only watched the one game that I went to, so uh, <laughs> I really don't know. Did, they, did um, they have Steve Nash at that point? I did see, I did see Steve okay, Nash play so a couple of times. They were probably pretty good at that I've been point. To, I've been to like five or six Suns yeah. games, and I think they won the majority of the ones that I went to. So that was see good. If you kept a spreadsheet like we do. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Um, excuse, sorry, I got something caught in my throat. And, uh, something. Says our producer <laughs> on this internet podcast. You know, the, the, one of the least nerdy of all the shows on the network, and I'm making fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Be sure to tune in uh, to Starfleet Escape Podcast yeah. for all your Star Trek <laughs> needs. Um, Arcade Bros for your video gaming needs. Yeah, who's the nerd now? <laughs> like, wait, so... When Eric asked us about doing this show, um, yeah, I was all for it and everything. And I knew I had listened to a few other shows on the network, and it's all good programming. You guys should check out the rest of the shows. Um, but I did question how we would fit in with all this nerd culture uh, going on. The trick is to just get nerdy about sports. It is, and we do. We really, really do. Um, so one way to be nerdy is to make uh, top ten lists. <laughs> yep. I've noticed. Uh, and we're doing something similar. Uh, we're going to give you the NBA power rankings right now. Um, this is a list well, that I put together. You're going to give them the NBA power rankings, and I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds right. Tom, Tom's going to pretend that he's watched an NBA game in the last five years. I have. You took me to one. Doesn't mean you watched it. <laughs> I was asking you questions about it. That's true. Tom learned a lot that day. What's that round orange thing they seem very interested in in the middle? Like, everybody wants that round orange thing. What's that thing called? Hey, hey, why do they keep throwing it up there at that big, big clear board? <laughs> why is that net there? It doesn't actually catch anything. It goes right through it. What is the point? <laughs> I don't uh, get this game at all. I think the Suns are going to be in the area pretty soon, Eric, if you want to go... Uh... Oh, yeah. Go catch a Suns game. Go watch him lose. Yeah. <laughs> it would be kind of interesting to see uh, my essentially hometown team play outside of their hometown. Yeah. That's something I've never actually done. The only professional sporting event I've ever been to outside of Phoenix was uh, a baseball game at Petco Park, and the, the Diamondbacks weren't playing. It right. Was, uh, Padres versus somebody else. I, uh, 
You got 28 guesses. Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, New York Yankees. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> I had actually seen three of my teams in away markets before I saw any of them in a home market. Wow. I saw the Cubs, Packers, and Stars all on the road in this area uh, before I finally got to Wrigley Field to see the Cubs at home. Nice. Uh, I still have yet to make it to Texas to go to a Spurs or Stars home game. My only, uh, my only team remaining to see in their home market after couple weeks from now will be the Steelers. What about the Knicks, Tom? Tom is a diehard New York Knicks fan. I have a hat. <laughs> that means you're from a bigger fan I, than most. From when I was eight. When uh when Nicole The fact is, that you still have it means you're a super fan. When Nicole is doing your shop the shopping for you for Christmas, uh I told her to get online and buy you a Knicks shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I would wear it. I mean we couldn't find one in your size though. Like seriously everything was sold out for larges. Oh, so sucks. there are literally millions of large-sized Nick fans. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we could we could not find one in your size, but we tried. I told I told her I was like get him a Nick shirt. She's like, why? He's not a basketball fan. I was like, no, believe, believe yeah. me, you you want to get him a Nick shirt. He's a huge fan of those yeah. Knickerbockers. Oh, uh, uh, all right. So diving into this, uh, number ten, Russell Westbrook. I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Westbrook's streak of Triple doubles was broken last night. Uh, he only had six assists. Well, then he should be off the list. What a what <laughs> no, he would have been number one. Yeah, Gosh. he would have been number one. Um, the Thunder are fifteen and nine. Uh, winners are just one straight. Um, they uh, ran into the roadblock that is Houston, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Seven and three over their last ten. Um, they beat the Celtics last night, who were pretty close to making my list. Well, it's it. When you're talking about the Thunder, you you really are just talking about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he of the seven consecutive triple doubles. And even in the game, he didn't have a triple double. He still had a double double with mm. 37 points, I believe. I'm missing an out. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, number nine, the Charlotte Hornets, 14 and 10. They've been six and four over the last 10. Uh, three and one in the last week, though. They beat Dallas and Detroit. Um, did they play anybody though? And Orlando as well. Uh, and their only loss was to Cleveland, so very respectable loss right there. Um, they play solid basketball. Uh, they're going to be a middle of the middle of the pack team come playoff time, I believe. But right now, uh, playing solid ball. Uh, number eight, Tom's New York Knicks. Oh, what are they doing? Um, Thirteen and ten, seven and three over their last ten. Wait, that, they they actually have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. Again, uh, their only recent loss is to Cleveland. Uh, Sensing a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who's number one? Um, they've beaten Miami, Sacramento, and the Lakers over the last week. Um, Melo's just been doing mellow things. Uh, they're you know they're getting pretty good production out of Rose and, and Noah. I did like the, the, the things they did in the offseason to try to improve the team. I still do think that... Carmelo Anthony is is the biggest problem that they had, but it seems like they're more intent on actually building around him yeah. than they have been in previous years. They're getting they're getting players that fit well with his style of play instead of other guys that want the ball as they've tried to do in previous years. Right. Um, you know, you can't have a bunch of me first guys. It's not going to work out. Um, and that is unfortunately all they had for a while with uh, Amari Stoudemire. Um, Jeremy Lin was not a passing point guard. You know, a lot of me-first personalities is going to ruin a team. Yeah. But they seem to have the right mixture right now. It's it's working out for them. I know they're only three games over five hundred, but 
like I said, seven and three in their last ten, so they're coming on strong. Um, a team that is not coming on strong, the L.A. Clippers at number seven. They have been playing very poorly of late. Yeah, they're seventeen and seven. Uh, they're only five and five over the last ten. They lost to Golden State and beat New Orleans in the last week. Uh, they've they've definitely cooled off from that hot start. Um, Griffin not playing like he was. Uh, you know, the, the game against Golden State, he he had a pretty rough night. Uh, got hit below the belt by Jamin Green, which seems to be a recurring thing. I don't know how the NBA addresses that, but they need to. But uh, well, the point is, apparently they don't. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think LA is as bad as seven, and I don't think that's where they'll end the year. Uh, I think they will probably be top four. But as of right now, the way they've been play- playing lately, they're all the way down to seven. Well, it seems like they've either been, you know, 100% there or just not showing up at all. Yeah, yeah, that is a lot of it. Um, number six, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're 17-8. and eight. Uh, Winners of six straight and eight and two in their last ten. Uh, just in the last week, um, they beat New Orleans, Philadelphia, who, uh, Philly's bad, but they've been better of late. Um, Portland, and just on... Uh, I believe it was Saturday night. They beat Golden State 110 to 89. So uh, Memphis coming on strong and moving up the rankings pretty quickly. Yeah, holding that Golden State team to under 100 points when they're averaging close to 118. That's really something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, another team winners of six straight. The Houston Rockets 17 and seven, eight and two over their last ten as well. Uh, they beat Boston, the Lakers, Oklahoma City, and Dallas over the last week. So uh, you know, kind of a Kind of a rough go of it for uh, Golden State recently, but uh, or not? Nope, sorry, not Golden State. I messed up. I messed up. Everyone, you goofed. Mark your calendars. <laughs> I made a mistake. No, I'm sorry. They beat Oklahoma City, which is still very impressive right. considering the run that Westbrook was on. Um, so they've been very strong lately. As I said, winners of six straight. Uh, Harden, he's going to be the MVP in the MVP conversation this year. Is he still doing what he's doing? He is still being James Harden. Um, I mean, I don't think that... Getting rid of Dwight Howard was the best decision they ever made. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think that he's going to win the MVP because I think it's already been locked up. You think it's Westbrook? <laughs> if he continues to play like he has been, yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. At, uh, that was number five. At number four, the Toronto Raptors, 16-7. and seven, uh, Also 8-2 and two over the last 10. Um, their only loss over the last week was to Cleveland. Who is this Cleveland you speak of? Yeah. Uh, they beat Minnesota and Boston over this last week. DeMar DeRozan is still playing pretty well. Um, they're just, they're a solid team. They they are uh, the Raptors and the next team I'm going to talk about are probably the best team units in the NBA right now. They're not relying as on going by a whole 18 man yeah crew as opposed to 15. 15. And three of them don't dress. 12. It's, I said 12. What are you talking about? Good work, good work, Tom. Uh, you know they're they're as much of a team as anyone else. They they just they operate as a team. I know DeRozan put up a God every time. I know DeRozan with a deep booming voice that time uh, has put up these incredible numbers, but it's been facilitated by a good ball movement and by some unselfish play by a lot of other people. And DeRozan hasn't really been that selfish either. He's just been open. He works his way yeah. open better than a lot of other players. Uh, Number three, the other team that uh, plays plays more like a team than anyone else, the San Antonio Spurs, nineteen and five, uh, eight and two over their last ten. They've beaten Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Brooklyn over the last week. They did lose to Chicago, who is just on the outside of my top ten. Um, they're just getting 
strong play out of Kawhi Leonard. He is now the leader of this team. Um, I know, I know, Manu and Tony are are the spiritual leaders. Right, he's he's the on court leader. Yeah, he's the guy who's who's you know barking out the orders. Well, I mean, he doesn't really bark much out. I don't know if you well, know as, as much as as a as a basketball team barks out orders while they're on the court. Well, I mean, he's just such a soft spoken guy. Like he he doesn't like to ruffle anyone's feathers. They do um, not even on the, like a lot of guys are are. Quiet, and, nope, and nice and friendly. But once they get on the on the uh, playing surface, nope, he's not one of those guys. No, there's actually the Spurs do local ads for HBC. I think it is. It's a chain of uh, grocery stores <clears throat> in Texas, and there's actually one of the ads. Uh, like they're, they're big name guys do it. It's not like bottom of the roster guys. It's Duncan and and Manu and Tony, and in Kawhi's first year, they they had a commercial about how soft spoken he is. And like they played, they played it up and made made light of how he doesn't really say too much. He's gotten a little more vocal in the commercials over the last couple of years, but uh, yeah, he's not he's not that uh, rah rah type of guy. So um, the only team in the West better than the Spurs right now, number two, the Golden State Warriors, twenty and four, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, they demolished Indiana, one hundred forty two to one hundred six. Yes, they did. Clay Thompson just went off in that game. Uh, was it sixty points in three quarters? Yep. 29 minutes. Yeah. And they, they sat him down, and it, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It wouldn't have mattered if he didn't play, I don't think. Yeah. It was just one of the most incredible uh, displays I've ever seen from a, from a single player. Um, in addition to that, they beat the Clippers and the Jazz, and just last night beat the Timberwolves. Uh, they do have that lone loss last week to the Grizzlies, uh, which, you know, not a bad loss the way Memphis has been playing lately. Um, yeah, and no, obviously they're – They've already proven that they're not going to be the same team as they were last year, um, but I think they're just as good. Yeah, they're just playing. They're Steve Kerr's managing the game better. Yeah, he's resting his players. Well, and he's been there for the whole season this year. Yeah, uh, which is amazing that they they had that run with Luke Walton coaching for you know half the season last year. But, yeah. Uh, so number one, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that team I kept mentioning as having beaten all of the other teams. Uh, winners of four straight, seven to three over their last ten. Uh, you know, as we mentioned, beat Toronto, New York, and Charlotte in addition to Miami over the last week. Um, they are also playing good team basketball as well. It's not just LeBron. Um, you know, everybody is contributing. Yeah, and uh, it it almost never has been just LeBron since he's since he's returned. No, it's not been just LeBron. Yeah, Kyrie's been right there on they his have, hip. They have been ready for this this strong team for a while you know for a few years actually before lebron got back they just didn't have everything to put it together yeah um i think uh they they really are the team to beat uh not only in the east but i think overall um until golden state uh matches up with them which shouldn't be too far off i believe um do they have a christmas matchup that seems like something the nba would do um um i know they do like to put those marquee games there but uh no they um until they until they face off at Cleveland, I don't think Golden State can be put above Cleveland with their records being you know so similar. Yeah, um, and, you know it's. I know a lot of a lot of guys who make power ranking lists will say you know you're the champion until you know somebody beats you or you know you you have that stretch or whatever. And I don't think Cleveland's gone through that yet, so you know it seems fair to keep them in the top spot. Yeah, they're on Christmas. They are on Christmas. Yeah. I thought so. Two thirty game on Christmas. All right. Well, I know what we're doing. Uh, oh no, you gotta work. Yeah, Tom won't be able to watch the Cavs Warriors game with me. Bummer. Uh, 
So from here, we're going to hop into the hockey. The hockey. Uh, we had a couple of games in the NWHL. Yes, we did. Two games. That's what I said, Tom. <laughs> That's a couple. By every definition ever. Anywho. Ever. The uh, Connecticut Whale opened the home portion of their schedule. Six games in. Well, I know. know. No, I know. That when you're when you're a startup league like this and you're playing in these weird arenas, you kind of have to do what the you kind of have to play when they tell you you can. Yeah, they uh, they opened it up on on the tenth with a six to one victory over the Buffalo Butte. It was uh, quite a game. They they got it going right from the start. They got uh, two goals from Kelly Stack and Nicole Costa each, and they just you know poured it on front to back. The lone goal from the Buttes was scored by Corin Bowie, and you know that's a really good way to start off your your home schedule with a six to one victory. And then the uh, the next day they uh, beat the Riveters four to two. Back to back games. Back to back. Again, you know, just front to back. Two goals out of uh, out of Kelly Babstock. Oh, three goals. I'm sorry. The hat trick. Ooh. And you know, just playing really well. So what do the standings look like right now? It's um, well, it's it's Boston on top. They're eight and zero, um, and then it's Connecticut at four and four, Buffalo at three and five, and uh, New York at two five zero oh, and one. Uh, they did. The Riveters did take the pride to a shootout. Yeah, uh, that was uh, what last week. I yeah. think we talked about that. Yeah. So you know, the the wins aren't there for the Riveters, but. They haven't looked awful. Right. They haven't, you know. Um, well, they've been missing some stars, too. Yeah. I um, don't, I'm don't. i not sure if Amanda Kessel is back yet. I'm fairly certain that we determined that she was. Okay. Um, now, some of our listeners might not know. Uh, how are they determining the champion? Uh, what they do is they play through the regular season, and then the number one team matches against the number four team in a uh, – best two out of three and the number two and number three go into best two out of three and then the winners of those go on to to play for the championship so they do like a sort of playoff thing but every since there's only four teams every team makes the playoffs regardless it's you're, you're so just playing for what matchup you so the river so the riveters could have two wins on the season going into the playoffs and win the entire thing yeah and I know that in theory a team could have zero wins we, yes, in, theory, in the regular but, season yes. and go on to win the championship. It yes. doesn't. It doesn't seem fair, which but is interesting. There's really but. not any other way to do it, <laughs> right? You know, unless you just play the whole regular season and then at the end of the regular season, that's the champion. But that doesn't seem fair. That's how they used to do it either. That's how they With used to do it. With only four teams, that's, mo- yeah. I would just say the season is the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just whoever you know set number of games and then. Boom! Whoever has won the most games at the end of those games is the winner. Yeah. Well, the, nothing. Unless that, there's a tie, and then that's how it used to those be. Those two teams play a game to determine the winner. That's how it used to be in baseball because the American League and National League operated as as separate entities for years, and the World Series was not a necessary thing. Um, so uh, it would be the whoever had the best record in the National League at the end of the year they were the National League champions. The World Series was just a cherry on top. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, I mean, they still technically are separate leagues. Yeah. You know, well, actually, in- actually, anymore, I do believe that they are not. It's just a ceremonial thing. Oh, well, I, I believe that changed a couple years back. But uh, yeah, no, back in the day, I mean, they, you played through the regular season, and the team with the best record was the winner. And uh, the the NFL used to do that too. 
way back when. Well, but then they realized the excitement of the playoffs. Right, but, I mean, in your infancy, it makes sense. You know, for the NWHL to do that this year and next year it might make sense. And then, you know, well, it, once they're able to expand to six or eight teams or however many, then you can take, like, two teams and have them do a series. And then once you, you know. Well, that's, I mean, I think that that does work for a league that came about back before, you know, TV and the Internet and, and were such a big thing. But in order to draw interest now, having the playoffs and having the elimination games really help, you know, because a lot of people are going to tune in for an elimination game. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess you're right. But you know, I I don't see I don't see a problem with it either way. I guess. Yeah, and so. it's 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 you know six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, I personally like the the playoffs, even in the four team league. It's you know. Yeah, uh, will you be saying that if New York wins at all? Yeah. If if uh, Boston is robbed? If they play well enough to beat Boston even once, I think they deserve it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so over on the men's side of things, we're going to give you uh, some power rankings for the NHL as well and talk about maybe a few things that have happened over the last little bit. Um, at uh, number 10, we've got the Minnesota Wild, 34 points, 6-1-3 and three in their last 10. Um, this last 10 is actually going into last night's games. Uh, I made this list midday yesterday um they're playing solid hockey lately uh nothing really stands out well they they went ahead and won last night did they too yeah. okay uh nothing has really stood out about them like I, i'm not blown away by them but you know they're a solid number 10 team Their right now has been very good yeah um number nine calgary flames 34 points eight one and one in their last 10 second best team in their in the last 10 games um they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> yeah, they started out really poorly this year, and we thought, oh, it's back to the same old Calgary Flames. But they've really come on strong. They've they've played, you know, against some good teams and beaten them. The you know the other day when they had the eight to three victory over the Ducks. That was one of the games. I, yeah, I wanted to talk about. Yeah, eight to three over Anaheim, who is not a bad team either. Uh, they're they've got thirty five points right now. They did not make my top ten, but. Uh, they're they're a solid team. They're nothing to sneeze at right now. So uh, yeah, that that was kind of their statement win over the last week. Um, number eight, the Washington Capitals, thirty seven points, six three and one in their last ten. Having the Capitals that low is you know it well, really speaks to the strength yeah. of the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean yeah when it, when you hear the rest of what I, you know the rest of the list, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. I know you you would think that the Caps would be top four or five, but no, they're uh, all the way down to eight. Uh, number seven, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they actually now have 40 points because they beat uh, Dallas yesterday. Uh, four, four, and two in their last ten coming into yesterday. Um, yeah, they they kind of plateaued from earlier this year, um, and I think this is about what they're gonna be. Um, they're they're uh, they're they're this, in my opinion, the second best team in the West, and I think that's about what they're gonna be. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now they're on top of the West, but but. Uh... I don't know that it'll stay that way. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. By points and, and stuff, yes, they are the top. Statistically. In, in my power know. rankings, I have them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's very interesting that the, the balance of power in, in the league has seemed to have shifted east. Yes, big time. And you will see how much uh, when I get into my top five. Uh, number six, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They just keep doing it. Yeah, six-game uh, winning streak. Yeah, six six straight wins, 38 points, 7-1-2 in their last 10. Bob Roski's been playing solid hockey. Um, 
he yeah he's been goaltending most of their games right i'm yeah. not wrong about that yeah, okay yeah. um they're getting the scoring from everywhere like i don't think anyone really jumps off the stat sheet as like a you know top of the line scorer for them right now uh just good team hockey uh number five the st louis blues uh 36 points six three and one over the last 10 um like I, said, I think I think they are slightly better than Chicago at this point. Um, I don't really have a lot of reasoning behind it. I just kind of feel it. Um, like it's just one of those gut things. Having watched uh, a few games from both of the teams, I I would say they're about equal. Um, they really both play that same style of game. Um, and if it comes down to a playoff series against each other, that would be a good playoff series to watch. Yeah. Um, you got Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, six in the league with fourteen goals. Yeah, he's uh, um, he's twenty four. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's he's really really uh, the one leading the charge for them. Um, he also he's got what, eighteen assists as well. Um, so he's uh, he's putting it all together for them. Um, I think they're just slightly better uh, than Chicago at this point. And number four, you got the New York Rangers, thirty nine points, six and four in their last ten. Um, Michael Grabner is leading the league in plus minus plus nineteen. Kevin Hayes plus sixteen. He's third. Yeah, they're still scoring um, like gangbusters, and they're still getting the goaltending too. Yeah, um, yeah. Grabner has thirteen goals on the season. Um, so they're <laughs> any other year, you'd think you know the way they're playing, they'd be up you know top two or three in the league. But you know, right now I've got them at number four, uh, mainly because the Philadelphia Flyers have thirty nine points and are nine and one in their last ten. They're my they're my number three team in these power rankings, and that's nine straight wins. It is. It is nine straight wins. They uh they can make it ten to tonight. Do they play tonight? They do not. Oh no. Okay. Um, it's all thanks to Steve Mason. <laughs> I won't say it's all thanks to him, but uh, no, he's uh, he's got twelve wins, nine oh five save save percentage. He's he's been playing solid hockey, um, and uh, they're they're getting the scoring from a lot of from a lot of different places. Uh, nobody on their team is in the top ten in goals. Uh, it's it's coming from everyone. Um, Vor uh, Vorchek has twenty one assists. Uh, Giroux has twenty. So they got two players showing up in the uh, top five in assists this year so good good moving the puck for them this year that that is one thing i have noticed about them uh their passing is pretty on point this year yeah it's been i mean and then you get you get guys like wayne simmons who will just go and sit in front of the net and just make you pay i love for wayne not simmons getting him out of there he is one of my favorite one of my favorite players in the league has been for a few years now as a devil's fan i hate wayne simmons <laughs> yeah but as a hockey fan you gotta love him i do not uh, number two, uh, thirty-nine points. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, since uh, since Matt Murray's been back, he's been he's been one of the more solid goalies in the league. Uh, you got Sidney Crosby leading the league in goals, having played uh, what four or five fewer games than most players. Yeah, yeah uh, twenty so. twenty goals. Next closest is David Pasternak uh, from Boston with eighteen. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I missed. Uh, Wayne Simmons does have 15 goals. Oh, well, there you go. I'm yeah. sorry. I knew he had at least 10. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, he is he is up there in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, um, Crosby this year has 20 goals in 22 games. Yeah. Uh, and Evgeny Malkin has 12 goals uh, for Pittsburgh as well. And the thing is, uh, you know, I said they got Murray back. Fleury was not playing bad hockey. No, but I'm... Um, you know, it's not uh these guys actually 
ought to be playing a bit harder than they are because they're they're playing for which one of them gets to stay and which one will eventually be traded. Which one of them will be the goaltender of uh, Las Vegas next year? Yeah, um, essentially. Yeah. Since coming back, Murray's uh, had a two hundred one goals against um, and uh, and a nine twenty nine save percentage. So, yeah, so those those are hot numbers in 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 this year's NHL. Yeah, um, I've been happy to have him back on my fantasy hockey team. Um, so Pittsburgh, uh, the only thing standing between them and the number one spot is the Montreal Canadiens with their forty one points, six three and one in their last ten. Um, it's just, is it just Carey Price? <laughs> well, they they won the other day ten to one, so no, it's not just Carey Price. <laughs> yeah, uh, who did they beat ten to one? Oh my. I forgot because I don't think they even went on the ice. They just gave them the the other. They gave them their one goal as sympathy. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was Colorado, the Avalanche, who are not good. Yeah, this game was like five nothing pretty quickly, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done following up on this, and I probably should have watched the rest of it. It was five nothing in the uh, first nine minutes. Yes, they just absolutely demolished them. Uh, um, Colorado only put up sixteen shots. Wow. So Carey Price didn't even really have to do much. Yeah, he's uh, Carey Price is leading the league with 16 wins. Um, he's got a 9.40 save percentage. Uh, yeah, he he's not the whole reason they're doing so well, but he's the reason that they're winning games that some nights they shouldn't be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I look for them to stay at the top of the uh, power rankings most of the year. Um, we got. Uh, what do we got coming up this week? Any compelling matchups in hockey? Oh, I I don't know. I we got Boston Montreal tonight. Yeah, uh, that's not so much though. You know, I, it's always a good matchup between them, but this year I don't know. You know, like the uh, Boston's the, not as hot as they've been in previous years. I think the real one is uh, tomorrow on NBC Sports Network: the Blackhawks against the Rangers. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a really good matchup. Everybody should be sure to tune into that one. We've also got the Blue Jackets at the Oilers, um, which would Oilers did not make my top ten, but they're not a bad team this year. No, they're actually a pretty good team this year. I mean, they they finally put it all together, and it seems like that early season, you know, good fortune they had is not just a bit of luck. Yeah, it seems that they're actually here and ready to contend. Yep. Uh, and later on down the line on Friday, we've got the Blue Jackets taking on Cal- uh, Calgary. Um, so that would be a pretty good matchup. And on Saturday, Montreal travels to Washington. Those are always a good matchup. Uh, that night we also have the Blackhawks taking on the Blues. So be sure to check out all of those games so we'll coming see, up throughout the week. We'll see you on Saturday who's best in the West. Yeah, that should uh, that should shake things up pretty well by the time we do our next uh next power rankings as you notice we've been doing these every other week uh, but i think we need to change things up and uh do basketball on opposite week of hockey yeah yeah that um, makes sense so uh college football army snapped their 14 game losing streak against navy on saturday um, wow yeah i have uh i have a lot of friends uh who are in who are in the army uh not too many in the navy so my uh, Facebook feed was just blowing up with uh, with Go Army throughout the course of the uh, the week, and then even more so once it uh, once it finally went down. Um, the uh, final score of that game: Army twenty-one, Navy seventeen. It was a good game um, too. It was 
it was a, a cracking little game, as yeah. they say. Actually, uh, one of the, one of my friends uh, who was posting about it all week, uh, John Metcalf, uh, Tom, you actually know him too. Yeah. Um, I actually told him last week I was gonna I was gonna give him a shout out on the show for a Facebook status he had talking about Penn State and Ohio State, and I we completely forgot about it um, leading up to it uh, last week. But uh, talking about Ohio State making the playoff, even though Penn State won the big the Big Ten title, he said uh, Penn State won the popular vote, but Ohio State won the electoral college. Grown. So that was pretty. I mean, that was pretty much the uh, the exact story going on there. But yeah, I told yeah. John I gave him a shout out, but I forgot leading up to it. So it made me chuckle when I read it. One of my one one of the best ways to describe what happened in the Big Ten this year. So um, we uh, we got a couple of bowl games coming up on saturday what already yeah um university of texas san antonio against university of new mexico are playing in the new mexico bowl tom's going to sleep houston san diego state in the las vegas bowl appalachian state against ut toledo rockets in the camellia bowl (laughs) arkansas state against ucf in the cure bowl i don't know what they're curing but no it's like the band oh that sucks um, Southern Miss taking on Louisiana Lafayette in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, and then on Monday, we've got Central Michigan taking on Tulsa in the Miami Beach Bowl. Uh, Tuesday is going to bring us – oh, no, I guess this will be next week, so I don't need to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> Never mind. I, I mentioned the Monday one because that will be going on during our show. So We can do a live broadcast of – no, we're not doing that. Yeah, all that sweet, sweet early bowl action. Everyone loves all of the bowls. I just learned last week that the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl is no longer the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl, and I'm very disappointed in that. Has not been that for a couple like of years. Five years, I think, evidently, is what I was told. Yeah, it's PlayStation this year, but it was something else last year. I think it was Go, was it Go Daddy last year? I think it was. I don't know. It used to be a whole big thing. I remember when I was growing up in Tempe, you know, we'd have the, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl was coming to town. I didn't care about the game, but we had the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl block party yeah. on New Year's Eve. And that was awesome. And I guess last year they had such a lousy turnout for the block party that they canceled it altogether this year. There's no block party in Tempe this year. And that is Tostitos the stupidest anymore. thing I ever heard. They used to have, like, you know how New York has the big ball drop? Yeah. At, they uh, used to have a chip drop? They, chip, they dropped a chip oh, into a giant <laughs> thing of salsa. Oh and the best part was it was real salsa. Because then after the chip drop, they would serve it out to people. Like they would, you know, people, you could get free Tostitos chips and salsa at the block party. And oh no, I'm sorry. Wow, <clears throat> last year it was the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl. That's right. And that is what killed the Fiesta Bowl the block party. Battle Frog. Battle. Fr- what is a Battle Frog? I don't know. Actually, Eric, I got to be honest with battle you. Battle Toad. I understand. No, I I gotta <laughs> I gotta say I think that would have made for a better block party if they would have just had frogs. <laughs> Just battling at every turn. What happened was they did. That was the issue. They had just bat- they had these like little uh, frog battle simulator setups with the with the frogs going, and then PETA came along and uh, shut the whole thing down. It's not like it's lethal. I mean, <laughs> come on, we don't give the frogs. Them s- the frogs want to battle. We don't they're, give them spears or anything born for it. Well, there was a, a back room over by one of the beer gardens. Well, that's what did it. <laughs> now, is this something you can gamble on? Because you can gamble on I just might, about anything. I think I might want to get my beak wet in some uh, battle frog gambling. <laughs> so, oh man! Every time I played oh, Battletoads, it was a gamble as to whether or not my controller was going to go through a wall. Right? So that's, yeah. I mean, that's and the, the odds were in the favor <laughs> of it happening. Yeah. Very uh, much so. 
So uh, the Army-Navy game was also the uh, last game for legendary broadcaster Vern Lundquist. Uh, most people know him as the voice of the SEC on CBS. Um, even though we rip the SEC a lot on this show, and we are in Big Ten country, Vern Lundquist did more for not only that conference, but the sport of college football than almost any other broadcaster over the last 15 years. Um, uh, Notre Dame plays a lot at, at 3.30, so I didn't always get to hear Vern on his games. But when I did, it was always a treat. Absolutely. He's, you know... And- you don't do something for as long as he had done that and not be good at it. A lot of these, a lot of these, you know, long-lasting uh, broadcasters, whether they be radio or television, you know, if you're doing it for fifty or sixty years, you're doing it right. Yeah. You know, you, you're not going to last if you're just kind of droning out the score and what's going on. You know, it was it was always fun to to tune into those games. You know, I I don't watch a lot of college football, but you know, when I do, it's it's on Saturday, and I've just woken up at two thirty, so I, I tune into the three thirty games. Yeah, um, he he had a lot of memorable calls too. Um, you know, he called uh, Jackie Smith dropping that touchdown in the Super Bowl uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, and he said, "Bless his heart, he's got to be the sickest man in America." And uh, Jack Nicholas. Uh, winning the 50th Masters. Yeah. Uh, his call on that was just amazing. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to find some of that stuff on YouTube and throw it up on uh, on the Facebook sometime uh, sometime this afternoon after we uh, get off air. Um, but he, he worked in the NFL for years, uh, works the Masters uh, almost every year, I believe. And he's actually um, going to continue yes, with, with col- doing, doing uh, college basketball. Is it college basketball? Yes, he will continue college basketball. Um and uh, yeah, it's just, it's the end of it's the end of him calling football uh, for CBS on on the SEC games. It was a mutual thing. He he did need to cut back. He is getting up there, uh, well into his seventies. Um, and uh, I look forward to hearing him during March Madness. Uh, and not many people remember this, but he played himself in Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I know One that. of the great sports films of all time. Yes. <clears throat> Actually, so we were going to do a top 10 sports films of all time, uh, but it turned out that some people hadn't seen like over half the list. Yeah. Well, if you, namely if you me and that, David. Yeah. If you schedule that for some time in the future, I would not mind getting it on that. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think I might have forgotten to put Happy Gilmore on the list. However, uh, I was Varsity may, Blues on the list? I may have seen I think so. just okay. enough of the movies to do a top 10, but... <laughs> I had enough of the movies. I had enough to do. I had enough to do a top twenty-five on my own. So, um, and that's that's not just me like watching just sports movies. That's just me watching all the movies. Like I'm, I'm fairly well versed in in the uh, movies that I, the type of movies that I watch. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, farewell to Vern Lundquist's uh, Saturday afternoon SEC calls. It, they they will be missed, even if uh, you know we don't care for the SEC that much. Um, it's not that we don't like the SEC. It's it's, it's that we hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I like any college football. I do too, but it's it's. Th- I hate the 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 media that goes about it, and 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 the the fans and everything about it that that they make it into the thing that it's not. I just like watching football. Yeah, yeah. I no, I agree. Um, so we had a we had a championship game on Saturday. Oh, we didn't. Not not a, no, no. Uh, we we the collective we the the, the royal we the royal we uh, we in America had a uh, had a championship game. Either one of you know uh, 
what that championship game was? I assume it had to do with a sport. <laughs> possibly. I assume it had to do with sport. Possibly with some sort of ball. Yes, you are correct. Okay, so hockey's out. Right. Uh, um, what else is out? What else can we eliminate? No, no I use teased of ball. this earlier in the show, guys. I, I'm just dragging this along. See if Eric can get it. I I, I honestly don't remember. The L- oh no, I take that back. It's the 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 thing where they uh, kick it around. The soccer. Yes. Oh yeah. Or as that I is a sport. To it, footsie it? kickball. Footsie kickball. It it makes more sense to call soccer football than it makes sense to call football football. I will admit that. Yes, it it definitely does. Um, so the Seattle Sounders Football Club, because you have to call them that. They prefer it. I found out. They do prefer it. Um. Beat Toronto FC, which stands for football club. Does it now? What? In a 0-0 zero zero game. blown. That's right. The Seattle Sounders won the MLS Cup 0-0 zero zero against How, Toronto. Wait. Okay, wait, what? Yeah. When they tie, when they go 0-0. Zero zero, they go to extra time. When they don't score in extra time. Okay. They all line up and kick balls at each other until more balls go in one net than the other. They won on penalty kicks five to four. They don't. Okay, so they won five to four. Then no, they, they didn't won, win zero to zero. No. They won five to four. No, they won zero you to had zero. Had everything up. They won five to four. No, no, no. No, That's, I don't care what Yahoo or whatever. What you're everyone me. ever says, they won zero to zero. They won five to four. They won zero to zero, Eric. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that you want this to make sense, Eric. Would you rather they win zero to zero or it be a tie? No ties. Well, then, then they, they, they won zero to zero. Ties. But that's the thing, though. They won 5-4 to four because that's the no. scoring unit that was used to determine the victory. Nope. They won 0-0. Zero to zero. I want everybody listening to go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash, what is it, uh, four, the number 4E Ballpark Bros? Yeah. Is that how to find the Facebook? Or just search for Ballpark Bros on Facebook. Go to the Facebook page and tell us whether you think the game ended 0-0 zero, zero with a winner or if they won five to four, I want to know. I want to know what. Well, the I'm going said. to I'm going to settle this, and I'm just going to put a screenshot up right now. That's not a no, no. I don't care what that Yahoo shows wants that they won. If Yahoo, if Mister Yahoo wants, I can to, put up. Uh, I can put comment. up three dozen different places don't, where the score is zero to zero, including the MLS website. To the show, I don't want to hear their opinion. Here's here's the thing. <laughs> we'll ask some British people. Yeah, British people are sure to know. <laughs> Um, we'll also ask them what the hell cricket is. <laughs> we don't have time for that, Tom. <laughs> I know enough about cricket to know we don't have time for that. Is that the one that's that's baseball-ish? Yes, baseball What's the one with the balls and the hammers? Croquet, that's croquet. That's okay. croquet. Okay, I get those two confused. I've played that before. I've played, I put up the air quotes that yeah. nobody can see over the internet on the audio file that we're doing this on. Um, I've played that before, as in I've had a... A croquet set and knocked balls around with it for fun. See, what I understand about cricket is that matches may take several days. Yes, that is why we don't have time to learn about it because if the matches can take several days, I can only imagine what the rule book looks like. Uh, so for Seattle, uh, this is a pretty crazy season for them. Uh, starting the year, they'd only won six of their first 21 matches. Um, they fired their coach. They lost their star player to injury and then just went on this improbable run throughout the playoffs to make the championship game and upset Toronto. Sounds completely legit to me. I mean, we're talking about a sport where you can win 0-0. Zero to zero, ah, so He just said it. Makes he just said win 0-0. Zero to zero. <laughs> Argument is over. We did it. I still want to hear from the people out there. We did it. Let us know. He, he conceded. Tweet us. Tweet them. 
Yes, tell them at four e ballpark bros on tell, the Twitter. Don't just tweet me. Include. Uh, I'm sure at MLS Soccer is a thing or something. Oh like yeah. That. Um, Actually, tweet them to tell them they're wrong too. I think I might have told the story on air before. I'm not sure. I do have a favorite soccer team because like. Three or four years ago, I had tweeted at all of the soccer teams, and I said, first soccer team to follow me is my new favorite <laughs> team. And so Real Salt Lake huh. is my favorite soccer team. As opposed to Fayac Salt Lake. I hate the things you choose to be. <laughs> I choose to be the things you hate. <laughs> so congratulations to Seattle Sounders Football Club on your victory in the MLS Cup. I, I don't know... I suppose I could bite the bullet and pay more attention to soccer for the sake of this show. I think you should. I've got basketball, so I think you need to do that. Want to trade? Nope. <laughs> Just pawn it off on David. He's not here to fight it. David, our resident soccer expert. <laughs> he's the only one of us who's been to a soccer game. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, he's the only one who's been to an ML. Yeah, professional oh, okay. game. Yeah. I was like, no, not I've like been a, to a not soccer like a, game. Not like a seven-year-old's all the way up about. to. A, no, no, no. I've been to a college soccer a, game. Oh, so you're you're above me then? I've been to a high school yeah. level. Oh, there we go. <laughs> soccer game. I've been to a few of those too. I had a lot of friends play soccer in high school. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've actually well, been to a, a college you didn't one. Have any friends in high school? I had tons of friends Aww. in high school. Aww. Who do you think listens to our show? Ouch. People who stumble <laughs> across it. I don't think that's it. So, all right. Well, unless Tom has anything else he'd like to talk about. Uh well, no, we've got. What? I'm not ending the show, Tom. We've got. Uh... <laughs> Well, what have we covered? It's giving you an opportunity to jump in one more topic before We've turning the show over to the least sporties, all sportiest the guy in the uh, in the room. We've covered all the sports except cricket. We've covered all the sports and soccer. <laughs> so, I, why would it, what, you see that lacrosse match the other day, what guys? What else would I have um, to talk about? It was amazing. I don't know. I mean, is it even lacrosse season? I didn't Does lacrosse know. even have a season? I think lacrosse, they do. Look, they have to play it on a grass field, so it's probably a bit too cold. Yeah. And they, they wear shorts. But the but the footballers are playing. That's true. Yeah, so. but In Seattle, foot, no less. The footballers don't wear shorts. Didn't they? Don't they? They don't have to. I mean, well, I, I, like, they I do, but like they, they can wear like thermal stuff under. And I'm sure that lacrosse players can as well. <laughs> anyway, I don't think they are playing lacrosse right I now. Know. I think it's more of a summertime sport. All right. Ooh, wait, no. Hold on. Here's what we're going to do. All right, uh, Tom, I'm going to say a sport. You're going to say a rule of that sport, real or fake, and Eric is going to guess. Whether or not it's real. Whether or not it's real, and if it's fake, if it might belong to another sport. Oh, geez. Now you're getting complex. So, Tom, baseball. Baseball rule. Well, he All right. knows this baseball. Well, Baseball's well, the one that I know, I know. the best. Yeah, so. so we're going to start off easy. Baseball. If a manager uh, gets ejected... And the person who takes over managing after he gets ejected decides to play the game um, under protest. The game still counts because he's not the real manager. As far as I'm aware, it still counts no matter what because the manager saying it's under protest means pity. I mean, if it actually <laughs> to anybody other than the manager, if if it actually gets down to it, and and they have to make that decision. I say, see, I want to say yes, the game counts, but not because he's not the real manager, but just because it counts either way. I don't know that they can that protesting actually does anything. It has done something once in MLB MLB history. So you're saying is the rule true or is it false? I'm saying false. Okay. The way it was stated. As far as I know it's false. I don't think they have that eventuality. <laughs> what? You got to do a rule you can back up, Tom. 
Like, you're going through this. I'm like, wow, this is one I don't even know. you got to do a rule you can back up, man. I stumped them both. Good night, <laughs> folks. Man. All right. Tom. You won this. You won this match 0-0. Zero zero. Um. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Football. Uh, it is considered illegal and is a 15-yard penalty if you hold a person by sitting on them. <laughs> by sitting on them. Um, I don't know. Is holding isn't a 15-yard penalty, is it? is it, though? But what if you sit on them? But it's still holding either way, right? It's just because there isn't a separate, there isn't a sitting penalty. There's just a holding penalty unless it's unless they add, like, unsportsmanlike conduct to it or something, right? I'm trying to read these guys right now, staring into their eyes, waiting for them to give something up. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, false. False. I it think is, it's it is false. It is just a holding penalty or an unsportsmanlike penalty. It's if if it's a holding penalty, it's still only ten yards. If it's unsportsmanlike, then it's fifteen. Ah, so the holding. So it depends penalty on how they call 10. it. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I actually have. Depends one. on where they're sitting. If they're sitting yeah. on their face, then probably right. going to get that unsportsmanlike call. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got one from football. Okay. If a player leaves the field of play during a play and comes back, they are not allowed to be the first player to touch the ball. The way you stated the question, I think, is makes it true because I believe that they are not allowed to touch the ball at all because they are considered out of the play altogether. So they can't be the first, second, third, fourth, anybody to touch the ball. They can be the second or third or fourth. Right. Yes. They 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 literally can be back in the play. They just. Yeah. I would have thought they would be. If if a receiver is forced out of bounds and comes back in, he is allowed to catch a deflected pass or pick up a fumble. Ah, did not know that. I thought once they were out, they were out. Nope. No, it just makes it so that you don't, you know, run out of bounds to get around the defender and come back in and catch a 90-yard touchdown pass. That's That'd why the rules cool. there. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Just run yeah. up into the stands, take a trip, grab a drink, come back down, stand in the end zone, be like, hey, guys, I'm open. <laughs> All right. This one's going to be more obscure. In the world of arena football, oh, is is boarding a penalty? Just, I am going to say no because I've seen precisely one arena football game in my life, and I remember them slamming up against the walls – uh, many, many times, and I don't recall that many penalties being called. Yes. Um, so I'm going to say no, that's a hockey thing, not a... That is a hockey a, thing. You got a... the follow-up. Good. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Yay. Lucky I went to that one arena football game. No, I not, uh, went to it, watched it uh, on, I think, like a local cable access <laughs> TV show. Or so. I, like, I don't even think it was like... It wasn't nationally broadcast. I it's know that. It was like a local thing. Watch. Yeah, the score was don't... like 150 to 75 or something like that, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane. We actually almost got an arena team here, and then it fell apart. But well, because the arena league fell apart. Yeah, Phoenix has a uh, a good arena team. Yeah, they won uh, the championship several times. What are they? The fireballs or something? Uh, the, um, Fire snakes, <laughs> rattle balls. <laughs> um, I don't think that's what they are. I just picked a generic. Like, I picked a generic team name. They are at the first when I Southwestern said, painting in a motel. <laughs> I picked a generic name when I said fireballs. I'm like, no, it's Southwest. There's probably a snake involved. Uh, the, the According to this phone that I'm holding here, the Dodgers are close to re-signing both Canley Jansen and Justin Turner. Oh, wow. Well, they are not losers so, anymore. There you go. I if will, they get that done. Yeah, they pull that off. I will remove them from my losers list. They're still losers That's in, mean. That, in that they did not win their last game of the year. 
Well, they're also losers in that they no longer have Vin Scully. Yeah, but that makes us all losers then, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, well. All right. The Rattlers. It's Fears on a Rattlers. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I think it's something else. I'm, I'm really thinking it's something else. Nope, nope, it is the Rattlers. I, yep. They should change their name to the Arizona Rattleballs. <laughs> the Rattleballs. I think I think Because we'll rattle your balls. The Suns and the Cardinals needs, need to change their names to other species of snake. Yeah. Yeah, like I just assumed after I said fireball, I was like, nope, it's got to be a snake. Also... The Diamondbacks, their their stylized D logo that's a, a snake has a rattle on it. Is a Diamondback a rattlesnake? It is. Yes. Oh, it okay. is a it is a type of rattlesnake. Yes. All right. Yes. Just... And they're not the Diamondbacks anymore. They're the D backs, which sounds yeah pretty similar to <laughs> something else. I think, they, I think they're technically still like the official name is they still are, there. Yeah, just all, just yeah. The all their merch and the way they're referred is to a rather long word, yeah. and they're too lazy to print it on things. Yeah. Well. Or play good baseball. Speaking Shh. of the Arizona <laughs> D-backs, uh, oh Eric's yeah. going to do our ballpark for us. Yay! Um, yeah, like I said, turning the show over to the least sportiest person. It's all right because Tom's been there, and I've flown over top of it twice. There you go. Yeah, so uh, so this week, the ballpark of the week I'm going to bring to you, it's, uh, as we said, Chase Field out in uh, sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Um, this is a stadium that I have been to uh, many times, uh, not just for the baseballs either. I've seen many a baseball game there, but I've also seen a monster truck jam there, uh, oh, which yeah. was which was pretty awesome, actually. Why don't we cover that on this show? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> how much time do you have for him to give you the reasons? Um, They've also played football. Uh, college football has been played at Chase Field, although I, I didn't actually see the game, but I did see the field set up for football, and it looked ridiculous. The Cactus Bowl will be there this year. Ah, so they're going to yeah. do it again. Yeah, it, it looked absolutely ridiculous. They do um, realize that there's a really big football stadium just over in Glendale, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and there's a, a decent football stadium at the college over there, too. That's where the Fiesta Bowl is played over at uh, ASU Stadium. So, um, yeah, there's other places to play football, yet they uh, insist on doing it at Chase Field, a I, baseball I, stadium. Every time they play a football game in a baseball stadium, I, I think it's just the most ridiculous thing because there's no runoff on the sidelines and in the end zones, and someone's going to get really hurt someday. Um, for those of you wondering, and I know that you all are wondering, of absolutely, the Cactus Bowl this year. Is Boise State and Baylor. <laughs> oh, All right. So it might be a, a decent one to watch. Except for the field. Um, but no, yeah. it, I, I love Chase Field for a baseball stadium. Uh, it's also a fun destination just to, to kind of go out. They have a, a TGI Fridays built into the stadium that is actually open year-round. So you can go in the offseason and go sit you know, up basically in the third deck of the stadium. And that's where I saw it set up for football. It was an off day, but they had had it set up because there's football playing there like within a couple of days of that. And so we're just, you're just sitting up there in the restaurant and looking out at the field. And you can eat there during games as well. If you have a ticket to the game, you can go into the uh, TGI Fridays and eat there. They do have a time limit set on the tables near the field, like right at the edge of the field. Like if you're, I think they have like a one or two hour time limit to sit at those tables. That makes sense. So you can watch, you know, an inning or two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can watch a couple innings, you can eat, and then go to your seats that you have, you know, tickets to the game to. Uh, we did go to one game, however, where it was a weekday day game, and 
there was nobody in the restaurant. There was nobody really in the stadium. So they let us sit at the uh, at the restaurant the entire game because there were still open tables. We weren't blocking anybody else from, from sitting there because nobody else was coming there. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, so that was that was kind of fun. Um, that's also the TGI Fridays that Mark McGuire once hit a home run into, which is just an absolutely astounding feat if you see you, how high up and far out in do you demand a refund is. if a baseball lands in your soup? Uh, no, you can't because <laughs> there's there a baseball in my soup. Saying watch for flying objects. Objects may leave the field. Watch out. Yeah, um, but they don't say mind your soup. <laughs> Well, if you I go to a I've TGI Fridays, technicality there. If you go to a TGI Fridays and order the soup, you've already lost. So yeah, I'm just, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> you've already lost that game zero to zero. I, I find so. it would be funnier if something lands in soup rather than on a burger, because the soup's going to splash all over you. A burger's just going to go. Like, like they have salsa, they have cheese dip, they have, they have all sorts of other things that could splash more, on you. Other those than are more viscous than soup. And yeah, it's meaning they'll be hard to clean, harder to clean. But, I think a good queso dip. But the splash radius will not be as large. I think is his yeah. point. Yeah. You're, you're well, not okay. going to get drenched in queso dip. It's much more likely to land in your giant margarita than I'm sorry, jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. margarita. Yeah, um, that was the word I used the other day, and I was actually right. <laughs> We ordered we ordered from a Mexican restaurant at work the other night, and I I wrote down my order for some tacos, and then I also wrote down that I wanted a jumbo margarita, just figuring that since it's a Mexican restaurant, that is the word that they use. Unfortunately, Eric did not get my jumbo margarita. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry we were that. at work, so I think that might have been part of his decision making process. Was a uh, small part. Yeah. yeah. Very small. Very small part. Um, but back to Chase Field. Chase Field also has uh the the pool which is a cool area that I've actually never been in because it costs $5,000 to rent the pool for a game. Or if you're the Dodgers and you win the pennant, uh, <laughs> then you go celebrate in it and make Diamondbacks fans cry. <laughs> you make people very, very mad. Um, well, because they were just they were doing it out of disrespect, and it was like, okay, guys, chill. Disrespect but, to the pool? Yeah, they were jumping in fully clothed. They were basically not following any of the rules. Like, people, normal people would have gotten kicked out of the pool area for doing what they were doing in the pool. They're not normal people. Exactly. They're, they're better. Yeah, they're, they're better rich. than us. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly didn't really care about that part of it, like the whole them jumping into the pool. Thing. I right. was like, they won, they're celebrating. You, yeah, you do stupid like, things when you celebrate. Yeah, I, I was like, maybe take it back to your hotel or whatever, you know, for your celebration. But at the maybe same time, maybe their hotel didn't have a pool, Eric. Care. You don't know where they it's, stay. It's Arizona. Every hotel has a pool, every house has a pool. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so Chase Field built back in 1998, and uh, finding some interesting facts here. I was just looking at the Wikipedia page for it because for some of the little details I didn't know. The capacity when it was built was 48,500. It's fluctuated quite a bit, hasn't it? It's fluctuated it? quite a bit, and as of right now, it's 48,519. What do they do? Add a seat a year? <laughs> They've actually done some weird changes. Like from from eight from 98 to 2000, it was the 48.5. From 2002 to 2007, they had it all the way up to 49,033. Then it dropped to 48,711, then to 48,652, then 48,633, and now back down to 48,519. So, so they, they shot up in 2002, and then they've been steadily going back hmm. down towards they the original. They realized that they weren't keeping up the attendance. Yeah. They and weren't some as of the, successful as they'd been, and, you know. 
they've they've uh, marked some area off. They've I know they've increased the handicap seating that's available, which cuts into your total available seats. Right. They've also uh, designated an area that people can bring pets to certain games. So there's an area that they can't have as many seats yeah, because they I'm have sure space cut it down. Uh, for you know, for the animals to be there too. Which is it's actually really cool. The whole bark in the park thing um, is actually a pretty cool little thing for people who want to that's bring. That's kind their pets of extended to a, to a lot game. of other ballparks too. I know Philly does it uh, fairly often. Yeah. I don't think they were the first to do it. I'm, no. not, I'm not claiming actually, that they were the first, but it, it's, it's a fun little thing. When I was in Philly last year, I think we actually missed Bark in the Park by like a day. Like if, we, if we had gone in a day earlier and gone to the Phillies game that day, we would have oh, been yeah. there for that. Yeah, That's cool. Um, they also have you know the same thing as most other stadiums. They've got their all-you-can-eat section where you right. can go, you pay one ticket price, and you get all the hot dogs, nachos, and soda you can drink. Um, you get, uh, you know, they have the the thing that I loved about Chase Field was I have never sat at a bad seat there. I've been all the way up in the upper deck. I've gotten the at one point they had uh, two dollar tickets where if you showed up day of game, there were these two little strips way up in the foul pole line on the third deck that were the the, the two dollar seats. And if you showed up day of game and those weren't sold out yet, you could get a seat for two dollars. Um, they're up to like ten or twelve bucks now. Yeah, but this was back a few years. And even those seats, you still got a decent view of the game. You know, yeah, you were upper deck, but you still got a decent view of the game. They don't have any obstructed view seats. There's nothing blocking anything anywhere. Well, it, you know, it's a it's a newer <clears throat> park. Yeah, the beauty of a new park with no obstructions, and, right? And it's, <laughs> it's purpose built for baseball. Exactly. So, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine it's got the same great sight lines for when they set up the football field and no, stuff like I, that. I, yeah, I can't even imagine. Ugh. I don't know about that. I mean, the the monster truck thing was cool. We were up in the third deck for that, and I'm really glad we were up in the third deck because if we were down in the main bowl, the noise would have been insufferable. It was loud. Did they open like, up for that? or they, they did open the roof. That's the other thing I was going to get to is the uh, they do have a retractable roof on Chase Field. Um, it's really cool. Usually the home pitcher is the, the one who decides, so to speak, as to whether or not the roof's going to be open. Uh, when it's over 100 degrees, they keep the roof closed right. because it's just too much of a strain on the air conditioning system, which they do have, <laughs> which is uh, another pretty cool thing for well, a stadium because, in Phoenix, you know, for a yeah. baseball stadium to have an air conditioning system. Even when they have the roof open, if it's a 90-degree day out, they'll have the roof open, but the air conditioning keeps it you know, below 80 in the actual stadium where you're watching the game. So it's a very comfortable place to go and watch a game even on the hottest of days. As opposed to the, the, the game we went to when we sat in the bleachers at Wrigley and the sun was directly on us and we nearly died and Tom, it was a million degrees. And Tom burned his knees. <laughs> now, I, I've, I've been to one game at the Chase Field and it was, it was a lot of fun, you know. It's it, a really nice stadium. Like I, I know there's talk right now. They're they're moaning and complaining, asking for a new stadium and everything. And I mean, I guess '98 was a while ago. Thinking like it okay. doesn't seem that long, but well, at the here, same time, the reason they the reason they want a new one now is because Atlanta just got a new one, and Atlanta's was in '96. So they think that they'll be due. And if they start talking about it now, I I personally don't feel they need a new stadium. And that's, you know, speaking as a fan of the team, as someone who's followed the team for a while. I, Stadiums should last at least 100 years. I'd go at least 50, but <laughs> definitely more than 20, Look, which is where, they're, still where standing, they're going at. 30, 30 to 50 years <laughs> is, is, is a number yeah. for, a, you know. Hey, at, listen, if the owner wanted to pay for it himself, if they weren't asking for taxpayer money to help build the new yeah. stadium, if the owner just said, hey, I want to build a new stadium, hey, you got money, build it, do it, I'm happy for you. But 
yeah, I'm as a former taxpayer of the area, I would would not be interested in a new stadium right now for for baseball when Chase Field is still in very good repair. It is yeah. still well, a great place to watch a game. Is, is Chase Field paid off? Are they done paying for that building? I believe so. I believe that it was a uh, the the lease on it was uh, as far as actually paying for the building itself. I'm not sure exactly how that works because then they lease it, you know, because technically the city built it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the team leases it. Most um, of those tax plans are ten to fifteen years. Yeah, and it's been nearly twenty now. So, yeah, so most likely, it's why don't you sit there paid. and not have to pay for a building for a few years? <laughs> right. Well, they just barely. I mean, come on, we're talking about a team that just two years ago, I think, finished paying all of the contracts from their two thousand one World Series run. Yeah, they did not have great <laughs> management back then. Um, well, ba- good what, enough to win. Well, what they did was they went out and they and they bought that series, and I'm. You know, as a fan, I'm willing to say they did that. They yeah. they didn't do it to the extent of the Yankees every year, but they they did. They went and spent the money necessary to get players that they would not have gotten otherwise, right? And put together a team that was able to go through and and win the series. And they paid for that team every year after that for many, many, many years because some of these deferred contracts that they were paying off, um, like I said, the last one just got paid off. I think it was two years ago. Well, that, that's, that last contract finally got paid off. You almost yeah. have to think that maybe part of the reason they haven't been so good. Yeah. In well, that's, years I was that, I was so you know, hopeful when they when they reported like, hey, we finally paid off that last contract. I'm like, oh, sweet, they, it's time to go out and buy another one. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. let's do this, let's do it. Um, but yeah, no, as of right now, I still think it's a great stadium. Um, I, I, mean, I, I was there like last year. Yeah, last year was it? Yeah, it was yeah. in 2015. September last year. Yeah, and it was. So, it was, uh, oh, breaking news. Uh, CBS Sports reports that uh, Notre Dame quarterback Deshaun Kaiser is declaring for the NFL draft, which All right. I don't think he should. Well, once ever, once everybody declares and we start doing that kind of talk, we can discuss. Because <sighs> <laughs> Notre Dame football wasn't bad enough this year. All right, anyway, back to Chase Field. One thing I did want to talk about of Chase Field, specifically the the roof. We talked about the roof, how it's, uh, you know, whether they choose whether it's going to be open or closed for the game. When you show up to the stadium, it's almost always closed, even if it's going to be an open day, um, because they will, they have a they have a whole spectacle of opening it with music, and it's just absolutely... It better be the most inspiring music. It really is. I tried to find it online once, and the best I could do was somebody who had literally recorded, recorded the it. opening like on their cell phone. I'm like, I can't find the actual song, but it's an awesome song. Um, it's really fantastic music that they play, and it really like gets you pumped as the, as the roof's opening up, because it's it's fairly slow. I mean, it's quick in terms of stadium roof, roof openings. Right. Um, I believe it is quicker to open than even the newer stadium in Phoenix that the Cardinals play in. Like their roof also retracts, and uh, it does it differently though. It only retracts from one yeah. side. Yeah. Well, whereas they, they, the Chase Field opens in the middle to both sides. Well, the the football stadium it only has that like center area that opens. Like yeah. Just over the field. Well, they, yeah, because yeah, they don't need it to be open for the grass. With Chase Field, they yeah. open it so the grass can grow because right. they have real grass in there. Um, University of Phoenix Stadium, where the Cardinals play, also has real grass, yeah, but their they the whole field, field out. comes out yeah. of the stadium, <laughs> which is actually pretty cool, I think. I still don't know how that works. Smarter than science. smarter <laughs> men than me uh, came up with that. It works with science. It's, it's like the whole thing is on a tray that just like yeah. slides out. Like, you know that, that drip like your, tray in your toaster that catches crumb, all the crumbs? Yeah. Right. The, the yeah. toaster crumb tray is where the players play. So, like, I assume it slides <laughs> out underneath the seats. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like out like one yeah the one whole of the, one of the so end they, zones. yeah so like so they have to take down the goalposts. They have to get everything They're probably retractable or like fold down or something. I'm sure they. Well, they, I'm sure it's not a hard process where they wouldn't. No, do yeah, it. right. But yeah, no, it just uh, seems crazy. I've seen those college kids at those uh, crazy bowl games, and those goalposts don't seem to be too hard to pull down. Right. <laughs> Even when they're not supposed to. Yeah. I say let them rush the field. I don't have a problem with it. You as long like as they wait a, until like the end of the did. game. Yeah. As long as they wait until the official end of the game. I'm right. okay with it. It's yeah. when they No more running into the Stanford band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at you, Cal Stanford. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Chase Field or Bank One Ballpark, as I will sometimes yeah, still refer to it. Because we even have our, the the mascot is Baxter the Bobcat yeah. because of Bank One Ballpark actually, being called the Bob. My father-in-law when they were here just not that long ago, he actually still referred to it as the Bob when he, we were talking about sports at yeah. one point and he said something about going to a game at the Bob. I was like, yeah, that was like Where years now? ago, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh 2005 is when it changed over from, yeah. from Bank One Ballpark to yeah. Chase Field because it's been Bank a while. One uh, doesn't really exist anymore. So yeah. it, it doesn't make happen. sense. But that's what you get when you have these corporate names on sporting arenas is sometimes these corporations don't last as yeah. long as the teams. You know, and so uh, now you have this. You know Wrigley Field started out as a corporate name. Yeah. But like, Wrigley's still around. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't – there's not a naming rights a contract. 35 that, cents for a pack of gum instead of a quarter? Come on. Yeah. Come on. That there's not a naming rights deal in place anymore, though. No, they just – It's just called Wrigley Field. Yeah. Um, you got yeah, more I, breaking I, news, Tom? Yeah. All right. Oh. Uh, Five years, eighty million for Kenley Jansen. Wow! So uh, Aroldis Chapman's wasn't uh, apparently that far off of the new market. That's well, Aroldis Chapman made the new market. You guys, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to go uh, pitch my idea of being that you know throwaway arm there for for uh, bullpens. Like I said, I can save them a lot of money. <laughs> I will do it for only seventy million <laughs> instead of this eighty million that you're. That's crazy talk, I tell you. Again, I said I'd do it for one hundred and twenty-five thousand a year. So uh, I don't. I, hey, then I said honestly, I'd do I don't it for think ten bucks and a hamburger. So I'm pretty sure that's less than league minimum. I isn't think it, it is. So I, I don't think they can pay you that much. I think they have to pay you. If league I don't minimum. join the union, I don't think you can be on the team if you don't. Though, yeah, you can. Can you? Yeah. There, yeah, there have been quite a few examples throughout sports history of guys refusing to be in unions. All it does is make it so you can't be in the video game. <laughs> Dude, I'm not joking. It's really the only because you can usually afford your own. Uh, you can usually afford your own uh, health coverage and stuff like that by not having to pay their union dues. Players' unions are expensive. Well, I mean, if you're talking about a union where the minimum that anybody can be paid is, I think somewhere around the 158, 168, somewhere yeah, in that a, range. Yeah. I think, yeah, uh, yeah you, you're going to have pretty hefty dues on that. But yeah. At the same time, you're going to be able to afford it because you're making $170,000 a year at the bare minimum. There there was a linebacker for the Redskins a few years back who figured out that f- to get everything that the union covered him for, if he just went out and got it on his own, he was saving himself like $5 million. Jeez. Well then. So. Down with unions. Oh, wait, no, no. That's probably not good. I don't think that's <laughs> – that's not this show. Um. But, yeah, I, I highly recommend if anybody's out in the Phoenix area um, visiting or living and haven't been to a game at Chase Field, uh, definitely go check it out. It's it's a great stadium to watch a game. You can get good prices of tickets. They still have – they're still considered one of the most fan-friendly stadiums as far as prices, not just for tickets. You can get a, t- a cheap ticket, but they also have 
uh, value concession items yeah. that aren't ridiculous. You can get a hot dog for a dollar fifty in a stadium. Yeah, it's just a regular hot dog. It's not one of the quote unquote diamondback dogs, which yes are the exact same thing as a Dodger dog, but yeah. they're diamondback dogs because they're not sold at a Dodger game. But it's a quarter pound all beef uh, ballpark Frank or whatever. Right. But you get just the regular hot dog for buck fifty. That's that's good. You can get a soda for a dollar. It's yeah, it's only like a twelve ounce or a sixteen ounce soda. But I don't really you eat can still the, or get drink, drink that much when I go to games like those. Teams that have those kind of menus are just perfect for me. And you find it more in baseball stadiums than you do in any other stadium. Yeah, I I think it's because of the length of the games, honestly. Yeah. You're going to have more people who are going to plan their day around having a meal at the stadium. Yeah, well, and And if you want people to do that, you need to make something available for them that's going to be, you know, if you go with a family of four. Yeah. You can't spend $20 on each person's meal and have it be a... Well, you, you figure even even people like me who go to games who don't take their families, um, if there's a $1.50 hot dog and a dollar drink, I may have two or three of those in a game. So they're still making their money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're still making money off it because, they, like I said, these are the cheap hot dogs and just a basic hot dog with a bun and then... You, you have your various condiments to put on it, but it's not a, a chili dog. And, and then they do have the high-end items available as well. You know, they also they always have each year they put out a, like a specialty item. Um, last year was the churro dog. Yeah, which I was read this about gigantic that. Gigantic dessert. It was an eclair split in half to be the bun for a churro. <laughs> With Ridiculous. all sorts of toppings and ice cream and everything on it, it was like twenty five dollars or something like this. But it was also enough to serve a family of four dessert off of this one item. So it's definitely something that I would love to check out at some point if I had the people to help me eat it. I wouldn't want to eat it by myself. I'll give you a hand. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I, did, I it's a, it's a fun place to see a game, and you can do it pretty much. On the cheap, you know, especially if you go <clears throat> during the week, uh, a, a weekday game during the week, you're going to be able to get those those cheap seats. Um, even the outfield bleacher seats, which, which I personally consider to be some of the best seats um, because you're at the at the field level, but in the outfield. So you're in prime home run catching territory if if you're into that sort of thing. Well, you're, you're looking at it just like you look at it on TV, too. Yeah. You get a great view of the game, and they're, you know, 15 to 20 bucks for yeah. tickets, which is, is not much at all. We uh, we sat in the outfield at, at the Cubs game, at the Indians game, and um, what was the other one we were in the outfield for, Tom? Mm. Oh, the White Sox game. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were just outside of that. We were just in the foul territory, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I enjoy sitting in those types of seats. I don't need to be right behind home plate or, you know. I'd love to to watch a game from those seats someday, like just to say that I have, because that's one of the places that I haven't sat. I've sat at the, at both bullpens. I've sat at both dugouts. I've sat upper deck, middle deck, and lower deck in various seats. Uh, and like I said, never been a bad view, but I've never had those quote unquote prime seats directly behind home hey, plate. I I did in play, Chicago. Best place best place to do that. You know, if you're if you want to get the the front row, find your local minor minor league affiliate. Yep. Right? They always have cheap. They they always tend to be family oriented businesses, so they're going to have you know good deals on on tickets and food, and yeah. you can catch a game from behind home plate. And a lot of times, you might be able to see a, a pitcher who's on rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get uh, down here with the Mudhens. We get a lot of um, we get a lot of guys come through that are doing rehab stints. I think a couple years back, A Rod came through Toledo on a rehab stint with the uh, with um, the Clippers. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, every once in a while we'll get Verlander throw a game for the Mud Hens or something like that. Um, yeah, it's a nice way to see those kind of things. So, uh, 
But yeah, definitely uh, highly recommend it. <clears throat> check it out, especially if they do end up building a new stadium. Check it out before they build a new stadium because I'm sure the new one, if they do get a new one, they it's it's going to drive the prices up yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, you know, um, I, I've I I've don't... been to I've been out to Phoenix uh, to see my in laws three times. Each time, the Diamondbacks have been on a road trip the entire time we've <laughs> been there. Oh no, I've never had the opportunity to go to a game while we've been out there. So we're we're due for a visit out that way in the next year or two. So maybe I'll be able to hop out to Chase Field then. Plan the trip around when around, they're actually yeah, going to yeah. like look at that first. Yeah. Make unfortunately, that your first I, unfortunately, I need to plan it out around when my kids are out of school. No, 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 um, no, nope, none of that. So you can miss a day. They can make it up. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. Well, thank you for the ballpark of the week, Eric. You are welcome. We appreciate you filling in, and we appreciate all of our listeners out there. And we will talk to you guys next week.